where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Tuesday. It's a Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. It's 201. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. You know how to get a hold of us throughout the course of the show today. Air Comfort Service tax line, 314-399-9646. If you want to leave us a mic drop via the free 101 ESPN app, you can always reach out to us there. And by the way, you know, yesterday we got a text message about Mizzou, right? Like half, like it wasn't even halfway through the show. I think we were halfway through the first hour. And somebody had texted, text us, uh, texted us and said, hey, I guess Mizzou didn't play. Leave us a mic drop. What's your thoughts? Beat us to it. What's your thoughts on Mizzou? What's your thoughts on anything? If, you, if, if you're complaining about something that we're not talking about, one, hold on a sec, because we'll probably get to it throughout the course of four hours, but go for it. Let it rip. You'll probably hear your take live in the fast lane, but we appreciate any and all interaction. And if you're watching via the Air Alliance Team YouTube channel at 101 ESPN STL, you can always leave us a question or thought in the chat room too. Uh, my, my first question, though, would be, how does Brandon Staley still have a job? How does he still have a job, Marsh? This this guy and his analytics spreadsheet completely ruining an NFL franchise is actually pretty good He's right now. It's terrible. And last night was not all Brandon Staley, okay? Justin Herbert with the ball in his hands. You know, that's it. That is a game. And I know I'm using the the ultimate right now. The ultimate uh Tom Brady esque. Careful going there. He's not Brady, Careful. but Brady was always the exception to the rule. But Mahomes right now is the exception to the rule with any quarterback. But you give you give Mahomes the ball in that situation, needing a field goal, he's gonna get you a touchdown. Like that's that is the difference between Patrick Mahomes and everybody else. And I love Justin Her- Herbert. I, I'm a huge Justin Herbert fan. We were having this discussion before before the show today. Mm-hmm. You put Herbert behind Philly's offensive line with Lane Johnson. With those receivers in that defense, you've got a team that can challenge the 49ers. In fact, they probably surpass them. That's how big of a Herbert fan I am. But that's a moment where you get the ball back, opportunity to either tie or win a game, you got to make it happen. Now, Micah Parsons, credit to him. He fired up that, that, last, that last pressure, got to Herbert, got the interception. Defense is paid to win games too. But Herbert has had many opportunities in this early going to make things happen, and he has fallen short. He also is coached by somebody that should not be head coach. What? Brandon Staley, another opportunity down, what, what was it, 10-7 at that point? 
just looks at his spreadsheet, goes, "We're going to go for it." <laughs> this guy goes for it constantly, and I know what I know what the numbers say. Anthony, the numbers say that you should go for you it. You should go for it on every fourth down ever known to man because it'll work out throughout the course of a season. They should be 0-5 right now. Here's the, here's the here's the funny thing. They could be 0-5 or 5-0. They could have beat Miami. They could have beat Tennessee. They could have beat Dallas last night. Every close game that, you, that the Chargers play in, you're almost like, how is Staley going to F this up tonight? Yeah. And it goes back to last year. When he played Mike Williams in a game that was meaningless. Or oh, hell, yeah, that was a couple fun. of years ago. That was great, yeah. You have an opportunity to go to playoffs just by taking a tie. Homeboy goes, nah, let's go for a win. And he lost. <laughs> that was the Raiders game. Mm-hmm. Then you play Mike Williams, who is paramount to your offense when he's healthy, which is rare, which is why you don't play him in a meaningless game at the end of the year. He gets hurt again. You go back throughout the, the the last couple of weeks, there is something with Brandon Staley damn near every single week. What what happened to just taking the points in football? Have we so have we gone so far the other way now where we just don't we we, we lose sight of the fact that if you score more points than the opposition, you're going to win the game? And Dallas did it too. Dallas Dallas for you know, they, they they did not kick a field goal. They decided to go with their version of the tush push, and Dak didn't get there. You left points on the board there. You know what I watched uh, on Sunday morning? Did you watch the London game at all, guys? Did you get up? No, yeah. you were you had pumpkin patch duties and things like that. Yeah, Marsh, which, did you happen which, to watch the London game this the, week? The Ravens and Titans. Uh, I caught a little bit of it. Okay, so. The Ravens drove the ball pretty consistently in between the 20s, and then they stalled out. And you know what they did? They kicked field goals. John Harbaugh said, okay, we're going to take the points. They won the game. And Vrabel was doing it too. Tennessee just couldn't sustain that momentum. Was that a picture-perfect, you know, offensive display there for the Ravens? No. They left points on the board. They would have left more points on the board if they were coached by Brandon Staley. Anthony, I get the feeling that you don't think he's a good head coach. I don't at all. And I had the Cowboys I last mean, night, as everybody knows, in our NFL Pick'em Challenge. So I, I was just fine with the, the decision makings the, uh, that uh, Brandon Staley had. Apart from last night, what I mean, what other bad decisions has he made? Well, really? went over, yeah, sure. Went over a couple of them, Jamie. Um, really, how about this? <laughs> if you go back like every game that Staley has coached, there's something. <laughs> It's something. Do you think Staley and, and other coaches are, are playing in the moment instead of rather looking at the full uh, the full game? I don't know the full sixty minutes. Okay, so that's an important I don't question. Know what he's looking at. That's yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Because you mentioned the field goals, and you're playing that expecting that you'll get another opportunity to right. score a touchdown later in the game. So instead of taking the points and just having banking points them. and banking them they they go for it they don't get it right and then all of a sudden the momentum swings to the Absolutely. other side and you're chasing now you're constantly chasing if you watch that game last night that was not going to be a 34 31 shootout Mm-mm. if you're if, if it's oregon washington in seattle on saturday field goals probably not going to cut it until the end like you're going to have to score touchdowns that i get your, your defense was playing well. Your offense wasn't sustaining drives after the first. You went right down the field. After that, 
how many missed opportunities offensively or stalled out drives do you need to realize that points are at a premium? Where are the analytics that say points are at a premium tonight? Where's my points at a premium column? Kick the field goal, dude. Now I know that was earlier that was earlier in the third quarter. There's still there's plenty of things that happened. But to your point, it's about momentum too. Mm-hmm. You just had a drive. You had the defense licked, but they came up, they bowed. And what do you do? You go for it. You don't get it. You don't get any points. And now your defense has to gum, gumby shoulders at that you know, out, out to the field now. And you lose by three. And you lose by three when it's all said and done. That's brutal, man. That's brutal. That's a good team. I yeah. I don't know what to say. And you know it's I bad. I just expect it from the Chargers. I'm you should. sorry. Yeah. It's all you should. I, you know it's bad when you're losing to another coach who is not that great of a coach. And Mark, Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy is 10 times the coach that Brandon State Wow, is. that says a lot. It, he is. First of all, he's got a Super Bowl. And he had Rodgers. Yeah, he also fixed Rodgers' mechanics. I've been over this so many times. McCarthy's final years in Green Bay were ugly. Like, clearly some complacency set in. He was butting heads with it. Rodgers. All that. Okay. That's true. Mike McCarthy is 10 times the coach that Brandon Staley is. I'm sorry, he is. What has Brandon Staley done? Nothing. Besides cost himself team. He's got a quarterback. Sean McDermott might not be a great head coach. He's got a quarterback that he's winning. How many head coaches are given franchise, legit franchise quarterbacks and muck it up like this dude has? It's amazing to me. Anthony, we got a little breaking news. What do we got? From your buddy Shefty, Adam Schefter. Looks like seven-time Pro Bowler Julio Jones is going to sign a one-year deal with the Philadelphia Eagles, Hmm. reuniting him with A.J. Brown. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Depth piece, I guess. Yeah. If he can stay healthy. If he can stay healthy. I always wondered what happened with him in Tennessee. Like, why was that? I mean, they gave up, I think, a second-round pick for Julio, and they cut him the the, the, after one year, and yeah. he wasn't productive, and all that. There was hmm. you don't do that unless there's some other stuff going on. It's probably the quarterback. Might have been the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, by the way, just an update. We said yesterday one that we beat the Rizzuto show. Yeah. So baby. we're up. We're up four two. That's that's the the key there. I needed the Cowboys to win last night because I was the only one on the Cowboys from our team. I had. I was one point behind everybody. So, with the Cowboys winning, I tied Kerry Davis, Brad Thompson, and Andrew Marsh. Came down to a tiebreaker. What that tiebreaker is, I have no idea. I, I don't, don't know how, how do the it. tiebreaker works on here. Uh, I think it's the score of Monday Night Football that so you how enter close into. you are. Maybe. I don't remember what I, think I, it's pu- just what Mike I put Ryder in. Ryder who picks. It might, have been, it might be right, Mike He's Ryder. He's got it out for you. Either way, the tiebreaker, the tiebreaker answered. Mm. And I finished last on our team despite scoring mm. 10 points so i'm gonna get the first i'm gonna get i'm gonna get my first shot of the year today uh we'll do that and we'll videotape it so nobody nobody cries about it we'll just do it like we did last time we'll have the, yeah. the youtube cam we'll have marshy it's fine it around and get yeah. it there was, zoom in i was hoping to, on that took on that took <laughs> i was hoping i was hoping to get a little further into the season before observe uh you know absorbing the first shot but you know what boys we had a hell of a week we certainly did. Jamie with 11. The rest of us with 10. It's a good week. We dominated some fools. I still yep. don't... I, I don't know if I if I like the punishment. One of us has to take a punishment for winning. Like, I still don't understand that rule. Well, again, like, this is this was started by 
the Rizzuto show down the hall there. I get it. And Marshy, you saw the river of tears last year. I know. We yeah. were swimming so, in it. Whatever. Well, man. the we had our pool floaties. Uh, we were it was yeah. like a lazy river. It was uh, like a tsunami from down the hall, just tears mm-hmm. every time we didn't do the punishment. Did you guys talk to John Kiyosi, the big boss? They had to get uh, flood insurance for this place because of it. Yeah. They he had did to buy bring that extra up. flood insurance because of the the river of tears that was coming down from the point. Yeah, I, I, I heard him say that and talked to, uh, I believe he reached out to Tracy Bibb. Yeah, of and course. the Bibb agency. She's uh, fantastic. They're in good hands with Tracy Bibb. No doubt. All right, so I'll get shot at some point today. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Want to win big in baseball? Well, you better spend. That's somebody, somebody I'm sure, on the text line today <laughs> after watching the Phillies and the Rangers win again. Those those teams obviously spend spend a bunch. But is it the best way to build? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Well, if you want to win big, you got to spend in Major League Baseball, right? At least that's uh, what a lot of people are probably saying today after the Phillies took a one-game-to-zero lead in the NLCS. And the Texas Rangers have taken a 2-0 lead over the Astros in their best-of-seven series for the ALCS. So spend big. Those two teams are in the top ten when it comes to payrolls this year. You've got the Phillies at four. You've got the Rangers at nine. Spend big, then you win. Not if you're the Mets, Yankees, or Padres. Those are the teams that are listed ahead of the Phillies. Those teams, all three of them, none of them made the playoffs. What? Yeah. But, you're, Anthony, you're guaranteed to make the playoffs if you spend big. No. Isn't that no, the way it works? No. Hmm. But here's, here is a, a, a subtle difference here, Jamie. When you do get to the postseason – And the big money stars that you did shell out big money for, when they produce, that's what makes a difference. It's 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 a simple concept, but it works. You mean like a leadoff home run? A leadoff home run from Kyle Schwarber certainly helps. I was kind of hoping he hit. I I was kind of hoping he hit his face out there, so we have a different cut Mm. to play when BT comes on. Yeah, we're still in the home run derby, aren't we? Yes, we are. We need (laughs) it. Why don't we just go ahead and pick some guys? I don't know if the lineups are out yet, but you and I are just going to have to pick every single game here. <laughs> we have to pick. We should pick two guys in each game. We should. Let's do that. So hang on here. <laughs> We're going to do it right now. What is that? Lineups? MLB lineups. There it is. Is it even out tonight? I don't know, Anthony. No, it's not out. It's not out. We have an idea, though. Who's tonight? Is it the Phillies and the Diamondbacks? Yeah. Right. So what are you saying? We pick one one player each from each team? Is that what you're saying? We pick two guys. Yeah, one from each team. Okay. All right. So hang on here. I got to pull up my roster. All right. Who goes first? Uh, who went first last time? I did. You did. Okay, so I'll go first. I will take... You know, why don't you go ahead and give me uh, Bryce Harper? Yeah, that's really. I'll take. I'll take Bryce Harper. It's putting yourself out there a little bit, isn't it? I'll take Bryce Harper. Okay, <clears throat> I will go with J.T. Real Muto. Oh, he's got the only home run off of Merrill Kelly. 
I believe. Yeah, I had no idea. But I just think he's going to touch seats today. You just, you just feel it. Okay, and then I you can take... My bones. You can take the diamond back. All right. We'll yo-yo this thing, or snake draft Let's it, or whatever. I'm trying to pull up there. Computer's not cooperating with me, Anthony. Corbin, Corbin Carroll's yeah, a good one. Yeah, I know he's... A, Christian Walker's a good one. Tommy Pham. Will he hit the ball, though? Or will he just whiff? All right, this is frozen. It's frozen. Uh, just give me Corbin Carroll. There we go. Right. Just call it because I, I can't. I can't access it. I can't work in these conditions, Mike. I mean, come on. I'll take. I'll take Cattell Marte. All right, so I have Marte and Harper. You have JT Romuto. I mean, who can do this? And you have Corbin Carroll. Okay, there's our home run derby place tonight. We'll see if we can. Uh, one of us. One of us can, I can break this. Because my gosh, I'll forget. All right, so going back, to, going back to it, Kyle Schwarber hit a solo blast to lead off the game last night. Bryce Harper has been on an absolute tear. Trey Turner has had a really rough first half and really much of the second half and turned it around. Zach Wheeler, dominant. Aaron Nola goes again tonight. He's going to be dominant. It's not just paying. It, it's not just paying players. It's paying the right players and having those guys perform. I mean, that's. That's what it is. The Padres paid guys, the Yankees paid guys, the Mets paid guys. They didn't perform. And then the Mets had to sell off, including Max Scherzer, who is one of the top paid players on the Rangers. He's going to go in game three, reportedly, for Texas. He's going to come back. Yeah. Jacob DeGrom is, the, is making the most money on the Rangers. Outside, outside of that whiff, you got Corey Seager, who's been great. Marcus Simeon, who's been great. Scherzer. How about Nathan Eovaldi yesterday? He looked good for you? Yeah, he was that, good. His numbers in the regular season, eh. You get him in the postseason, yeah. it's postseason Nate. It's not about spending. It's about spending on the right players that can also produce in the playoffs. It is a simple concept, yet it's difficult to execute. Depends on who's available. Yeah. So that's that's the biggest challenge for the Cardinals moving forward. It's not necessarily spending. It's who are you going to spend that money on? You're going to have to get uncomfortable for certain players because you're going to have to entice them to come to St. Louis. And are those guys postseason performers? I think for the first time in a long time, the Cardinals have a bit of a weird problem is that St. Louis may not be the most appealing place for guys to go. You shut your mouth. No, seriously. I don't mean St. Louis, the city and the baseball fans and all that. But ordinarily, the Cardinals, when they reach out to somebody, a free agent or whatever, they've got, and I, I think I brought this up before. Mm-hmm. They've got the, hey, look, we're in it every year. Come to St. Louis, we're competitive every year. We're in the playoffs, we're in the mix, top of the division. You come to a winning environment. You can't sell that this year. Mm. You can't. You have to sell the fact that you're like, hey, we're heading back to being a winning team. We've got Arnauto and Goldschmidt. Like Now you've got to start selling your team to players rather than just the whole Cardinal success. Yeah. So I don't know. It's weird because if you're a free agent – and let's say you have the possibility of picking between the Cardinals and the Mets. Both teams, bad years, whatever. But what team do you think gets back to prominence quicker as a player? Knowing the, that Steve Cohen... Right, that's the right. That's the perception. And now he's got real baseball people in mm. real baseball jobs. Doesn't have his buddies just messing around and spending his money anymore. Mm. And he's removed himself, but he's still, he's still there to spend the money. So then... You sit there, if you're Aaron Nola, let's say the Mets come to you and offer you identical deal to the Cardinals. Where are you signing? I'm going to sign with the team that's going to be aggressive. 
And the Cardinals do you right. The Cardinals don't have a track record of being aggressive in no, the, they don't in, at all. in the offseason. So if I'm Aaron Nola or I'm Sonny Gray and I'm their first signing, or I, or I could be, I could potentially be, like, am I waiting? Mm-hmm. Do I pump the brakes and say, ah, call right. me in a week when you get the other guy? Because if you don't get the other guy, I'm alone on an island here in your rotation. Well, it fits into what you had read off before the show today. You read us some Aaron Nola quotes. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Nola... We'll paraphrase, but he said, I, I want to stay in Philadelphia. I went through the long rebuilding process, and now we're we're loaded. You yeah. sign a Trey Turner. You don't have to do much to convince Trey Turner to come to you. You no. can have Bryce Harper reach out to him. You can have Kyle Schwarber reach out to him. You, you can have Nicholas Castellanos reach out to him. JT Real Muto, Reese Hoskins when he's healthy. Aaron Nola, Zach Will- It's It's an easy sell. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to spend. And we're built to win in the postseason. That's an easy sell. You're right. If you're the Cardinals, oh, um, are you going to sign me and then stop? Because that that has been their track record. They have made moves. They have spent. Yeah, am I your signing? <laughs> am I your am single? I the, am I the prize? <laughs> just keep adding just one guy at a time here. Contreras, Goldschmidt, the one year. Arnado, the one year. You took the one. You took the, the, two off seasons off. Yeah. You kicked your feet up. Like, yeah, we're good. So, And players are seeking that now. Sure. Agents and players are more aware than ever as to how competitive these teams are going to be. Because, yes, the money is great. These guys are you know, they're cashing and they're winning a lottery, basically, signing these free agent deals. But talk to the guys who signed those deals and then played on miserable teams. Right. Look at Scherzer and Verlander. They wanted out. They wanted out. Of the Mets, because mm-hmm. it was like, we're not winning. This is terrible. Like, yeah, I'm being paid a lot of money, but I, yeah. I, I need to go back to... I'm an older player. Yeah. I'm not going to pitch forever. Well, that also that also leads me back to Jordan Montgomery and a lot of Cardinals fans, and rightfully so. I, I don't blame you. I'm right there with you. What about bringing back Mon- Montgomery? Okay, fantastic. If you're if you're his agent, though, you're Boris, you're calling the Cardinals saying, okay, wh- what's the term? What's the money? And who, what else are you doing this offseason? Because Montgomery was right. He was here. He knows what the situation was. He knows what the vibe is. And he might tell Boris, no, no, thank you. We don't know. Yeah. So the idea of signing Montgomery, I'm all for. But again, he was just here. He would know the situation. Well, he would he's going to kind of write his own check here now. He's, After what he's absolutely. done in the postseason and the way he's been their number one. Yeah. Yeah. Ka-ching. He's going to back up the Brinks truck and the Cardinals. The Cardinals can't. They can't afford to give that guy the money he's going to command. Right. If you're going to give that money, you're getting a Nola or a Snell, not Montgomery. And no disrespect to Monty, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. His value is going to be inflated just because of what's happened here recently. And the Cardinals won't do it. No. All right. three, And they probably won't do the Nola and Snell thing either. 314-399-9646. Again, 314-399-9646. That's the Air Comfort Service text line. we got Blues Cues coming up. So if you got a Blues-related question, send it in now. Blues Cues next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Now, it's time for the Fastlane's Blues Cues. 
That's right. Time for some blues cues and blues related questions via the Air Comfort Service text line at 314-399-9646 or our Air Alliance team YouTube channel at 101 ESPN STL. Here's our guy, Andrew Marsh, with your blues related questions. From the 309, hey guys, just tuned in. Have you discussed the scuffle today between Braden Shin and Jordan Cairo? I'm sure that didn't go well for Cairo. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't much though, guys. Honestly, I was standing right there. I was 15 feet away from the scuffle. And what I liked about it is the team was practicing hard. You know, they were doing a defensive zone coverage drill to where you've got to be aggressive. And I, I don't know if Jordan Cairo was giving 100% at the time or not. Braden Shen ended up having to cover Jordan Cairo, and uh, things got heated a little bit. There was some some shoving and a couple cross checks, and then Braden Shen kind of grabbed him around the neck, <laughs> and that was it. They didn't even stop the drill. Is that good for Cairo? I would imagine that's part part of it is is good. Of course, it's good. You know, get a little. Add a little toughness, add a little grit. But it's it's not even that. It's the expectations of what you're supposed to do in practice. Yeah. The expectation Take of going hard every day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you, no days off. You can't. Not with this team. You, you went through the hell last year, and Braden Shen is a guy that played injured, fought for his teammates, did everything. And if he doesn't feel like you're giving it everything you need to be giving it in that moment, you're going to get choked. You're going well. You're going to get you're mm. going to get tested. And to Kairos. You know, to Kyra's credit, he pushed back for a little bit, and he got a little bit of intensity, so Shenner got a rise out of him. Had he wanted to, he could have dropped the mitts and had his way with him, but, you know, that's not that part's not necessarily good for the team. Mm-hmm. But it was good to see that intensity. Talk about it all the time. We used to have fights all the time in practice. If you're not challenging your teammates, how the hell can they get better? Yeah. Like, realistically, everybody thinks, oh, well, you know, the, a lot of the new thought is, well, it's just practice. You don't want to go to... Really? So then when the game comes and you're playing against Jamie Benton and you're down low in the defensive zone and you haven't practiced at a high intensity... Yeah, good luck with that. Wh- wh- how are you even getting better? You're not. You're wasting time. You're wasting valuable practice time if you're not out there giving it 100%. Sure. So I like that there was a, a spike in intensity... The practice overall had a really good vibe to it. They worked on a lot of things, including the power play, uh, which looked to be a little crisper today. So, scuffle was fine. I made absolutely nothing about it. I giggled. I thought it was great. From the 314, the Blues look slow to me, especially in the offensive zone. Why is that? I don't know if they look slow. Uh, they've played two really fast teams. Uh, maybe that has something to do with it, but... Offensively, in the offensive zone, it's not that they're slow. It's just that they're not getting any. They're not getting. They're not getting enough sustained offensive zone time with the puck. I think a few too many one and dones again. And when that happens, you can't really establish any speed in the offensive zone. So I, I, I don't buy into the fact that they're slow. Um, I think maybe some of the plays that they're trying to to make are developing slowly. But I'm not worried about this team. From a speed standpoint, don't get me wrong. They're not at the top of the food chain when it comes to overall team speed, but they're nowhere near the bottom either. From the 314, Ribs heading to the game Thursday and really wanting Benner to be in the net. If they hold him until the Penguins game, that would be a week off for him. Go Lions, baby. Yeah, first of all, hear me roar. Go Lions, absolutely. Benner's playing Thursday. I don't know that. 
I haven't asked Coach. I haven't. But if I was Craig, Bre- why would you play Hofer? Mm-hmm. Makes no sense. Jordan Bennington's had three days off here of practice. Binner goes uh, Thursday, probably goes Saturday. Hofer probably doesn't get his first action till the road trip up in Canada. Mm-hmm. That's the way I look at it. From the 660, have we been underestimating Torpchenko's skill set? He looked really good on that line when he was bumped up after Booch got hurt. One thing about Torpchenko, what he does is he generates a lot of, he drives a lot of offense. He's not blessed with the greatest finishing ability. If he had hands like Barbie, he'd get 20 goals every year or maybe even 25 because he's so big, so fast, so strong. Mm -hmm. He's not blessed with that kind of high-end skill. So he's straight up and down the ice at 1,000 miles an hour and drive the net with the puck and hope for the best. All Swedish, no finish? Yeah, it's close. It's Mm -hmm. close. Now, you know, can he develop and do a better job of – you know, creating more goals for himself, yeah, but he's going to have to be around the net. It's not going to be something super fancy that comes out of his toolbox. But uh, no, good speed, drives the net, causes a lot of havoc out there. From the 314, I know the sample size is Moselock payroll increase small, but judging by the tenacity the Blues have played with so far, what is your realistic outlook on if the Blues on the Blues standing in their conference come midseason? In the conference, oh boy. I don't know if I really looked at the conference yet. In the division, I, I, I'm i right in lockstep with Doug Armstrong that this team, if they reach potential, they're a third-place team in the Central Division, which says a lot because, you know, you've got Colorado, Dallas, you got Winnipeg, Minnesota, Nashville. Coyotes are going to be much better this year. As far as the conference goes, it's really early to say. Obviously, the Vegas Golden Knights, Colorado Avalanche, Dallas Stars are at the top of the food chain when it comes to that. There's a lot to be sorted out over there in that Pacific division. You know, imagine the LA Kings will be in the discussion. The Edmonton Oilers are going to pull up their socks at some point here. So overall in the conference, I, I'm not. it's too soon to tell, but I, I am steadfast on the Blues being at the potential of them being third place in Central Division. Uh, there's some people that are complaining about overtime and the shootout in the NHL. Thanks, Dad says, what if on top of making overtime a short line change like JR said, they also make it a violation to possess it back past the red line like basketball. Yeah, that's I've been saying that for I don't know, how long now? I don't know. I, I, the over and back should definitely be in. Once you cross the red line, you can't go back. If you do, it's a penalty. Put the other team on the power play. You want to see some action in these games, you'll get it. And put the line changes back to normal. Quit fraudulently trying to just tire guys out. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have players that are moving at warp speed out there than worrying about draining a guy of all of his energy so that he just then he makes a mistake and then there's a goal. Mm-hmm. No. Keep the speed out there and then once you pass center ice, you can't go back. So now you better get creative. Now you better show me some speed. Now you better show me some some intensity out there. Otherwise you get penalty. That's like what it. I would do. Last one here from the 217. Did you guys see the new theme items? Is Stalter going to have to get a Blues Batman jersey for his kid? Yeah, probably. Absolutely. I didn't see that. Where are the new theme items? I haven't seen it either, but Jamie. Can you get a Blues Batman Blues shirt? I don't even know what we've got, so yeah, Anthony, but, it's hard for me to grab something for you when I don't know. Yeah, but Jamie just figured it out. Okay. Kid loves Batman. All right. Kid think he is. Oh, this is kid. like the giveaways at the games? Yeah, just snake one. Yeah, Here I, it is right here, the superhero night against the Oilers. It's April 1st. 
There's a giant Batman a symbol right on the crest. No way. That jersey's not real. It's April 1st. Think about it, guys. April Fool's Oh, Day. it is April Fool's. But they still yeah. have to have a giveaway. I do. That thing is awesome. Or is that the ultimate April Fool's? Wow. Are you, you know you're trying to tell Killian that he can't get a Batman jersey? Yeah, you know how many kids would be devastated? Yeah, well, that welcome to the real world. April Fool's is real, kids. But he is Batman. You saw his writing? That's a sick jersey. Well, then though. he doesn't need a jersey, then, if he already is Batman. That's a good point. Damn. I've got no... If he is really no Batman, response. he really wouldn't want to have, be wearing anything like identifying True. as Batman. Yeah, but why is he writing about it in his journal? Because it's private to you. Uh, Anthony, are you scared that his secret identity is now open to the public? I didn't even know that the kid was Batman, so I think and we're okay. you just told the entire world that your child is a They're not going to believe him, though. You know, this is the thing. I believe him. But you've met him. You know how crazy that kid is, so. He does sleep on boxes. He'll sleep on a box. He'll sleep on a big Tupperware box if he needs to. He does that because he knows that he wants to toughen himself up, that the world mm -hmm. is kind of soft and he'll be ready for anything now. The, the kid literally, when I asked him why he was sleeping on a, a Tupperware box instead of his bed, he looked me dead in the eyes and goes, it's more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Okay, son, do your thing. <laughs> Maybe you should get him a different bed. <laughs> that bed is just fine, point, trust me. At this point, I would take away the bed, make yeah. him sleep yeah. on the floor. I think he'd be better with that. Yeah. Well, so, you know why? Is because when you were gone, he was out fighting crime. That's true. And then he was just trying to find a place to sleep. He couldn't make it to his bed. Right. So Probably he, what it is. That's a good call. We gotta connect yeah. the dots. Hey, we have your chance right now to win a pair of tickets to see your St. Louis Blues take on the Pittsburgh Penguins this Saturday, October 21st at Enterprise Center. As you know, hockey season is back. Grab your tickets for upcoming Blues home games now at stlouisblues.com slash tickets, or you can text into the Air Comfort Service text line right now at 314-399-9646 to win that pair of tickets for the Blues and Penguins. Here's the trivia question for you today. Which current St. Louis Blues player... Won a Stanley Cup with the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm sure a lot of you know that answer. But you got to be the 101st texter to 314-399-9646 in order to win this. Or chime in the group chat on the Air Alliance YouTube feed. There you go. Multiple ways for you to win yep. those tickets today. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, Anthony Stalter. We're going to play Who Are You? <laughs> with some of these NFL teams. <laughs> Where are we? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So following last night's victory for the Cowboys, I thought it'd be kind of interesting to look at some of these teams in the NFL and say, who are you? Now, we could fit them into certain categories. We could fit them into Super Bowl contender. We could fit them into playoff contender. We can fit into uh, good, not great. However you want to describe them, guys, it's up to you. But let's start off with the aforementioned Dallas Cowboys. They went on the road last week, got embarrassed. By the NFC's top team, the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Then rebounded last night with a road win. And now they're 4-2 heading into their bye. Who do you think the Cowboys are? I think they're a playoff team and nothing more. 
And they're only a playoff team because of the conference. I mean, there's some really bad football teams in this conference. Whole division, even. I, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. So when you look at NFC South, who really deserves to be in the playoffs in that division? Nobody really. Nobody deserves it. Nobody deserves it. Now you'll get I the division winner. I think the Bucks winner. are going to stumble to a. They're going to be the the best of the worst. Yeah. For the second straight year. So that means that there'll be no wild card team from that division. Right. Which means they'll come from another division, and I think that it's the Cowboys in the NFC East. Mm-hmm. They will finish second to the Eagles in that division. You may have only two division winners in the North and the South this year. You'll have you'll you'll have the Bucks and the Lions. Mm. But who else is making the playoffs out of out of those? I don't think any of them are, but the the hard part is, Anthony, when you look at NFC West, where do you go with it? You got the Niners for sure, the Seahawks, you know, you you want to dog on those other divisions. Well, the Seahawks and the Rams have the same freaking records as the Saints and the Falcons. Right. They're what, three and three? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's a lot of teams that are just not good. Right. Painfully average. So now with the Cowboys sitting at four and two, albeit it's only six games into the season, mm-hmm. to me they're they're a playoff team, but nothing more. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same category. I'm gonna I'm gonna put them in the good, not great category. I think they're good. I think the Dallas Cowboys are good. They're not great. They're fine. I I got them above fine. What? I have like it's great, good, and then fine. Game? Like fine would be. The Saints are fine. No, you know? no, they're not. The Bucks, <laughs> no, the Bucks, the, bu- the Bucks are fine. The Bucks are fine. How about that? The, the Bucks, Bucks are fine. The Saints <laughs> are not. The Bucks are fine. Like, you watch the team play. You're like, yeah, you're fine. You're gonna beat some. You're gonna beat the bad teams. You're gonna lose to the good ones. You're fine. Mm-hmm. But the Cowboys to me are a good team. They're, just, they're clearly not great. I'm. I have. I have them good, not great. I literally wrote that down before we even established. Well, there you go. What categories we would be the throwing these page, teams Marsh. into? I have, I have some other categories. I can't wait to get to some of these other teams. All right, where you got the Bengals? What category do you have the Bengals in? Also good, but not great. Yeah, I've got them in the Jamie River special. You know what that is, right? Smoking mirrors. I got them in the smoking mirrors <laughs> category. You've been hating on them since the season started. Well, I might as well keep banging this drum. That's fine. You At least you're consistent. Are. Yep. The Seahawks should have won that game on Sunday. Well, you did nothing off of it. Did the Bengals score a point in the second half? I don't think so. The Not problem good. with this, Anthony, is uh, oh, they did. They kicked the field goal. My bad. That everybody else in that division's kind of mid too. Yeah. Even the Ravens are only four and two. I still like the Ravens. Like the Bengals are three and three. Yeah, they're smoking mirrors. <laughs> so next week, if the Ravens lose mm-hmm. and the Bengals win both of those teams would be at four and three fine <laughs> like that's the issue we're playing who are you what about the Ravens I got them as uh, a ascending team do you yes I don't know there's what more the that they they're they're, they're my pick to make the Super Bowl they're li- but boy, oh boy, you know what regretting that. they're not ascending they're lying in the weeds no they're not they're who are the Ravens the Ravens are lying in the weeds right now to get run over by a car they're not mm. or like a lawnmower Defense is good. Yeah, maybe, right? Or weed whacker. Yeah. Ravens Ravens defense is good. They start capitalizing on some of these long drives that they have, and they will. At some point in the second half, we're all going to be talking about the Ravens again. And Jamie's going to go, I had them. I told you. I had them in the Super Bowl. I just said I had them. I, 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 I didn't yeah, but back how away did you, from it. But how did you say it? I wasn't. I'm you not, said, I regret it. No, I didn't say that. I said, I don't believe I used the words regret. I said, here I am. I got them making the damn Super Bowl. 
I don't think I ever said regret. Okay, well, in the second half, you're going to say, and here I am, baby. I got him in the Super Bowl. That's how you're going to sound. Probably. What about you, Marsh? Also good, good <laughs> not great. <laughs> good, not great. All right, Bills. Same old, same old. That's fair. That's my category for him. I got them smoking mirrors, too. Without Matt Milano, they're, they've got they got more trouble ahead. I mean, you you watched that game on Sunday night when the Giants outplayed them for long stretches of that game. To me, you can't come away thinking, oh, yeah, those are a really good team. No. I got them in the smoke and mirrors category. I'm right there with you. Smoke and mirrors for that team. They're, Ch- they're, they're headed in the wrong direction. Yes. What about the Chiefs? Oh. I almost want to say, nah, I don't know. It's tough because they really haven't played well. I'm going to say, so we're playing who are you. I'm going to say concerned, but not panicked. Mm. Yeah. You know, you got that, you, you always, you got that yeah, one kid. panicking because they still have some of the best players in the league and they have Patrick Mahomes. Jamie, you got that one kid, right? And they're struggling a little bit in school, but just not, not enough for you to really be panicked about it. You're like, ah, we'll watch it. That's where the Chiefs are for me right now. I, I, I could get behind that. I have them in the good but get it going category. All right. Uh, Chargers. I got them in the fluid category because of mm. Brandon Staley. I have them in the fire your coach in your good category. Yeah. I have them in both of those categories. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know what's interesting, what you just did there, fire your coach? What? A, how many teams would you put in the just get a quarterback and you're, you're going to be good category? Yeah, a lot. I wonder how many. Well, I put the Falcons in there. I would too. I think they're a good team. I put but the their Jets quarterback in there. is a anchor. The Jets are a team. All right, so how many? I'm, let's go through this real quick. So you got the Jets, mm-hmm. got the Falcons. I wouldn't put the Patriots in there. No, no. Uh, I wouldn't even put the Steelers in there. I think they've got more problems offensively than just mm-hmm. you know because Kenny Pickett's there's flashes of okay. He's okay. Uh, how about the Titans? Nah, I'm not gonna go. I mean, it would definitely help. It definitely help. Yeah, but it doesn't turn them into it like a powerhouse or anything. Yeah, no. Commanders, no. Giants, because Howe's been okay. He's just getting killed. Packers, I would say yes. Yeah. I don't know. If, I, I don't think it's Jordan Love now after watching it, but it still kind of might could be. But if you get like an Aaron Rodgers, you put him on the Packers. I think that's a playoff team. Uh, let's Imagine see that. here. What about the Broncos? No, no, no. Bron- the I think the Broncos is too are bad. Yes. The Buccaneers. What about the Buccaneers? You put Justin Herbert yeah. there. Like yes. Shaky Bakey has been good because of all his weapons. Panthers, no. Uh, Niners, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals. No, I would say four. Yeah, I think four teams fit into the. If you if you get a quarterback, you're going to be pretty good. Bucks, Falcons, Packers, and who else did we say? There's Jets. Another, uh, Jets. Perfect. Thank so you. you bring that up to say if you just get a head coach, yeah, you can win. Are the Chargers the only one that fits into that category? Just get a head coach? Maybe the Raiders. Oh, man. I just don't know how good the Raiders are, no matter who's coaching. I mean, they have some They have some weapons. They have Devontae Adams. They have yeah. Josh Jacobs. Jimmy Garoppolo, while we are like, ah, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. He's taking the 49ers to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy G's he's fine. Been a he's fine. He's been All a he does is machine. win, though. All he does is, well, not this year, but yeah. in his career, all he has done is win. 
Yeah. He's been, I, you're right. I just He's just been a turnover machine this year. I wonder if the commanders are in that group, too. I don't think so. I, no. I, They're not ready. I don't think the commanders, I, their defense is terrible. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, and, and Ron Rivera is probably done after this year, but I don't think they're one like really good head coach away from mm-hmm. turning things around. All right, it's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Uh, real quick, Eagles 49ers. I got them in the Super Bowl contender but flawed category. Every every team's flawed, but those are they're still legit Super Super Bowl contenders. I totally agree. I have them in the get healthy them and the 49ers. Get healthy and you're good. Yeah. All right. What does not messing it up mean to you in regards to the Cardinals offseason? This is something that we can get mic drops on for people too. Ali Marmel on October 2nd said this offseason, I'm paraphrasing, this offseason is vital for us. We can't mess it up. What would messing it up look like to you as uh, a fan? Last year. That That's one answer. We'll do that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. For your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. It's the Fast Lane with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stolzer. So, what does not messing it up mean to you? Ali Marmel said this on October 2nd. He said, I look forward to this offseason. It'll be important and we can't mess it up. So, that got me thinking for you as a fan, a Cardinal fan, what what does not messing it up mean to you? And there's, there's a lot of different avenues that we can go. But if I were to ask you, Jamie, what does oh. not messing it up mean to you? As a Cardinals fan, how can you, how can you mess up a yeah an not, off season? Not messing it up is is getting exactly what you need. Like you know what you need. You need a number one, maybe a number two, and a bottom of the rotation guy. Mm-hmm. And I would even sign another guy that's on a reclamation project tour to yeah. where you're like, yeah, he was okay two years ago. Bad year last year. We'll throw him a, a bone here. And if he goes back to what he once was, now we've got some serious competition in the rotation. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, yeah, so what? That to me is not messing it up. Sure. You can't let Nola, Snell, and all these guys, whoever it is, Sonny Gray, and look at Nola and Snell may not even be available to you. Yeah. Nola may resign in, in Philly. Mm-hmm. Great. Blake Snell, he might have his heart set on another team. So you can't automatically think, well, the Cardinals didn't get Nola and Snell. You know, yeah, they, they messed, messed it up. up. No, right. it's not like that. But then you better damn well go get Sonny Gray. Mm-hmm. You better damn well go get Jordan Montgomery then. If that's the case, if it's a trickle-down effect of like who, the pecking order, you better go get two of the best names that are out there for the top of your rotation and then backfill it after that. That's not messing it up for yeah, me. Yeah, so what you just said there, I'll, I'll, for me, I'll rephrase it just a little bit from my you standpoint. clean it up a little bit, no, Anthony? No, no, no. I think what you said is great. Uh, how I would view it would be, not messing it up would be having a backup plan. You didn't have a backup plan last year. The market apparently was was too much for the Cardinals front office. They didn't see that coming. They didn't see some of the deals that other other teams were willing to give players, caught them off guard, 
And instead of acting, instead of reacting, they decided to do very little. I don't, you know, I don't necessarily blame them in that regard because you don't want to act emotionally, but you also did not have a backup plan, clearly. It was just, okay, let's fill out the catcher need and then we'll, we'll roll into the season and see how it goes. That, dude, that is your opportunity right there to, to build your roster the way that you want it. That's what free agency is. Building a roster, helping supplant, uh, supplement, excuse me, what you already have on your roster. It's your decision. Whether Blake Snell or Aaron Nola signs somebody else, what is your backup plan? What does that look like? So to your point, if Nola goes back to the Phillies and Blake Snell signs a humongous deal with the Mets or Yankees, okay, even if Gray goes back to the Twins, he's expressed interest in going back to Minnesota, okay, what is your backup plan? Yeah. You cannot have excuses going into next season about your rotation. We are at, we are at the, the point where the wall had to come down. You know, there was too many dry, too many holes to, to fill in one by one. You took down the wall. Now you're looking at studs. Now you have to rebuild it. I don't necessarily believe that an ace is going to come this offseason. As, as much as fans do not want to hear me say that or feel as though that I'm giving a free pass to the front office, you're, you're fine to think however you want to think. The bottom line is aces are developed. Now, you can sign guys that are top of the rotation arms. The Phillies did so. The Rangers have done so, and they obviously have done well. The Mets did it, and they did not make the playoffs. Yeah, it didn't you, work out there. You can, you can sign those guys. I, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to it. And if they express interest, by God, sign them. But a lot of times you, you're developing those aces. And you look at every organization, a lot of these teams developed it. The Phillies developed Aaron Nola. So I'm not necessarily think, believing or expecting that the ace is going to come this offseason. No excuse, though. You have got to find a rotation that gets you back into that competition next year. So that's kind of the worst-case scenario for the Cardinals, quite honestly, is if Nola and Snell are off the board and Sonny Gray decides to stay in Minnesota. Yeah. Okay, now, what's your game plan? Well, at that point, you've got to shove all your chips to the middle and, and, and talk to Jordan Montgomery. You could you could certainly do that because the worst case scenario is is the music stops and you don't have a chair right and it's not because you weren't willing to dance mm-hmm. it's just that they weren't really willing to dance with you okay but if you got to go with some one year deals fine okay but then so where do you turn there's plenty of guys I'm not saying I'm not saying look Come on, Anthony, any there's game, not plenty of guys if there are plenty of guys one year deals who okay I'll list a couple for you. Now these these names are not going to be attractive. But that's what I'm saying. That's my point. You're you're right. Yes, it's a bad situation. Yes, it's, it's the worst case scenario. If your top four guy, because if the top now four you're starters, patching holes again. Yeah, you're right with scotch tape. At least it's a plan, though. I mean, you have to you have to do something. I understand that it's a plan. Yes, like I would imagine that the Cardinals internally should probably be ready for worst case scenario. I mean, I yes. would be best case. You know. We, and then you get a scenario where you get like half and half. Right. We got we kind of sort of, and then worst case scenario. Sure. If you're not prepared for all three of those scenarios, then like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Absolutely. But I honestly, like, as a Cardinals fan, what do you do if if nobody is available to you? 
and not for lack of trying, mm-hmm. just for lack of they pick somewhere else. What the hell do you do? Yeah, you're you're right. That's that would be the worst case scenario. I think you and I are on the same page here. But if the worst worst case scenario comes about, you you better have a plan C. Yeah, but Plan C is going to look like what they've done the last couple of years. They didn't even have a Plan B last year. No, but it's going to look like what we had because that's what will be available to you. Yeah, true. All right, let's hear from. Uh, actually, we'll, we'll carry this over. We'll we'll do. We'll hear from you next. So I threw it out to to you, the listener. You still have time to leave us a mic drop via the free one hundred and one ESPN app. What does not messing it up look like to you from the Cardinals offseason standpoint? That's next on one hundred and one ESPN. <laughs> Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So we just gave our response to what would not messing it up look like to us for the Cardinals this offseason. And again, Ollie Marmel said this on October 2nd. I look forward to this offseason. It'll be important and we can't mess it up. And we asked for your mic drops on what not messing up would, would mean to you. Let's hear from Lisa. Hey guys, messing it up is acting scared. It seems like now since the Rosa Reina trade, messing it up means, oh my God, Oh my God, do we really? We got to keep three second basemen, Edmund, Donovan, Gorman. No, you're going to have to put your big boy pants on. You're going to have to trade somebody. Somebody's going to go. We need to be more honest with evaluation of talent. I don't know what's going on. And so messing it up to me is, is doing the same thing that they've been doing. It's not working. That's messing it up. And it's not always about all the money, but you're, but but it's going to take a special team to be 17th in payroll and win. Let's get real straight here. So, uh, FYI, everyone, they weren't competitive this year. So, messing it up means doing the same thing over. Gorman, Donovan, or Edmund, one of them better not be on this team next year, or they're doing the same thing over and over again. All right. Have a good one. Thanks, Lisa. I, I think she nailed it. There was a couple things there that I really like, Jamie. She's right. The, the Cardinals have operated scared, or if you want to say, you know, cautious or risk averse. I've often used the term risk averse when it comes to the Cardinals. It's like here, here's a risk. They roll the dice a little bit, and they go, Nah, we're good. And then all of a sudden, they'll, they'll roll the dice on somebody like uh, Dexter Fowler or Mike Leak, and you're like, Wow, what? Or even a Marcelo Zuna. Like they were all in there, hell bent. And they got you to the third option. They got to the third option, and to the point you always make, it, the third option, you still overpaid. You did. The deal should not have been the same once you got to option three. When the, it, It's interesting. The times where they should have pumped the brakes, they didn't. They hit the, they hit the, full, they hit the pedal right to the floor. It's like they forgot what pedal was what. And... <laughs> Right, it's like, oh, God. Hit the brakes. Well, we're I going. the brakes. We're going. And then the times where, you know, they, they probably should have put, put the pedal down a lot more. They decided to hit the brakes. But uh, Lisa Lisa's right. And she, she also makes a, a valid point that I think we all, we all need to understand. It costs talent to acquire talent. So if they strike out in free agency or they don't get everything they need in free agency, they may have to go the trade route. And that... That's going to hurt. There's somebody going the other way that that you're going to want on this team next year. There's only one guy that gets you a number one on this roster. That you're willing to part with, Mm -hmm. potentially? Gorman? Yeah, that's it. 
He's the only one. Like, Lisa can talk about Donovan and Edmund, and she's not wrong. I understand exactly what she's saying. But if you're in the market for a, um, who's the kid in uh, Seattle? The kid's Logan Seattle. Gilbert. Logan Gilbert. I just use his name, okay? Sure. If that's who you've got earmarked and the Mariners are willing to do business, mm-hmm. they want Gorman. Yes, of course. That's it. Don't don't call me unless you've got Gorman in this trade. Right. It starts with Gorman. It start, wait, and then we can go from there. I think they'd be pretty, based on the numbers that Gorman put up last year, I think that he fetches that almost by himself. I really do. Because he's young, left-handed, power hitter, a little bit of injury problems here, but is it a problem or is it just a you know, just a thing that yeah. happened? Played adequate second base. So for me, I think Gorman gets you what you want, but then you don't have a Gorman in your lineup. Mm-hmm. Who's your I wouldn't who's get, your yeah. Backup plan for Gorman. I, I wouldn't give up Gorman. I know, but then you're, then what are you really acquiring, Anthony? You're not acquiring what you need. I know. So then <laughs> it, it, it goes just, right back to the don't yeah, mess it up. I'm just, right, right, and I'm I'm just not going to give up a young. Well, lefty then you're not going to get a pitcher. I'm not saying you. I know. Like, I'm not mad at you. I'm just saying the Cardinals. And if this is the whole thing again. If they get the tight cheeks and they mm. won't get what they need, and they'll go to door number two or door number three, yeah. and it's you know, Drew Verhagen or like something like that. Right. Tyler O'Neill had a really big year at one point. Maybe he'll fetch us something. Oh my God. Uh, let's hear from Jake. Messing up the offseason to me is relying on internal replacements and getting unproven players to plug into your vacancies on your roster. You need proven commodities. You look at the Rangers. You look at the Phillies. What have they added? They've added big money, but big money players who've proven it on the biggest stages. Nathan Eovaldi, Zach Wheeler, Kyle Schwarber, Bryce Harper, you know, Corey Seager. The list goes on and on. They spent the big money on the players who have proven they can do it when the lights shine brightest. The Cardinals need to take that as the blueprint. You cannot take a young core like the Cardinals and win if you don't have guys on the roster who have won, who knows what it's like, knows what it takes. All due respect to Goldie and Arenado, they've never won. They've never been in that situation to lead and say, this is what it's supposed to look like, this is how it's going to be whenever it gets to this point. The Cardinals need proven winners in that organization, and they need them in the worst way, and they need to pay for them. Jake's comments match up perfectly with what we talked about the other day, and maybe maybe it was with Dan. I think I think Jamie, you had signed off because you were in Dallas, but we did we had that discussion about can you win with a young core? No, it's for it. I don't think you can. I think you need to have a balance of the young core and guys that you added that have won before to supplement your roster and and kind of usher in the uh you know that knowledge of hey this is how this is how it's supposed to be done i think young team like look at baltimore for example that's a young team very good very talented and they're growing up together but they're going to have to suffer those losses and those those bumps along the way before they win anything or they're going to have to add some young guys. I would suffer through a season guys. like they just had. Certainly. I'm okay Certainly. with that. But if we are talking about winning a championship at some point, yeah. you, you do need to have those guys that have been there done that. I think yeah. they're, I think it's vital. 
It is. Of course it is. Uh, unless you just, you're taking, you know, the, the long road, which is let the young team learn and develop together and create their own calluses, so to say, over the course of time. Like with the Chicago Blackhawks, as much as it pains me to say, when they built their team, mm-hmm. all of those young guys had their successes and failures together. Right. Started out rough. And then all of a sudden, all these young guys started to play good, and then they end up with three Stanley Cups in a decade. Sure. So that's that's, but that's the long play. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we can do that here in St. Louis. I can't imagine that Cardinal Nation would be in for the long play with guys like Arenado and Goldie. I don't no. know if those guys would be in for it. No, I agree. So it's tough. You got you, You're going to have to do the Doug Armstrong here and retool this thing as best you can. We're talking about what does not messing it up mean to you. After Ali Marmel had said in October 2nd that it, it'll be an important offseason and we can't mess it up. We're, so Jamie and I discussed what that would look like to us. We heard from Lisa and Jake. Let's go to CJ. Look, guys, it's not that difficult. The Cardinals messed up whenever they fired Mike Schilt. He was the only non-yes man in the building. They hired their yes man, and they're going to get yes man type of management going forward. I think it's really hard for the franchise to grow with that whenever there's there's no separate thought thought processes throughout the entire organization. Um, but in large part, I think uh, my biggest points would be to sign two pitchers, um, one of the American pitchers that is available as a free agent, and at least one of the Japanese pitchers. I think we've had a lot of success going over there to Korea or Japan, and I think they need to keep hitting home on that. It'll be cheaper route. And they get guys that will kind of fit in um, to a quiet, um, follow the follow the leader uh, clubhouse, like the Cardinals are honestly looking for right now. Um, so I think that, and I, and I really don't think there's much else that they can do. I think they got to grab a low hanging fruit and uh, see how it plays out. CJ, thank you for the mic drop. Uh, you know, a lot of people go back to the Mike Schilt thing, mm-hmm. and. I don't necessarily know if they're completely educated on the situation and how it really went down, nor am I. Wasn't in the room or on the Zoom or whatever, however they fired him back at that point. But it has come to my attention that it wasn't just Mike Schilt bucking back against analytics. There was a portion of that. It was the fact that Mike Schilt had kind of gone rogue on his own on the organization. I don't mean like just completely off on his own path, but he had a way he wanted to do it and it didn't necessarily coincide with the organization. And apparently the way he went about it wasn't the greatest for culture, Mm -hmm. but nobody's talking about that because we don't really have all the details behind it. And even me, it's kind of unfair to talk about it, but it is the elephant in the room. They didn't just wake up one day and go, yeah, you know what? We don't like this guy. Something happened somewhere along the way. Yeah. And, and so to flip it fast forward here to Ollie Marmel, Ollie Marmel was given a team without a pitching staff. Go find me a successful young manager that doesn't have a rotation. You can't. Ollie's first year was fine. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it? Yes. Okay, so what happened the second year? The pitching stunk. Yeah. So you can critique all the decisions you want throughout the season of this player, that player. At the end of the day, there are so many games that the Cardinals were out of it by the second inning, mm-hmm. third inning. Forget about it. So what are you going to do then? So if Ollie's one and one, let's just say, his two years of managing so far as a yes man, which 
I truly don't believe he's a yes man. Ollie Trojan horses a lot of things in his comments to make you realize that he may not be in lockstep with the overall you know, strategy sometimes. Or maybe he's in lockstep with the overall strategy, but maybe some of the some of the ways to get there. Or the method. Yeah. Correct. Okay. But you gave him nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, you had Michaelis, who's supposed to have a better year. He didn't. Matt's, eh, I don't know. We had Wayno, just love Wayno, finished great, love the storybook ending. But that was not a good year for no. Wayno. Who had a good year in that rotation? Nobody. Nobody. Did. Even the guys you traded were Mon- not well, having. You know, Montgomery. Yeah, but Monty wasn't great either when he was here. He was good. He was fine. I think he was, he was fine. better than fine. Okay, he, he was, was good. He was real good. But, no, he wasn't. He Go was. back. He had one month where he was terrible. No. I'll back Jamie up on that. There yeah. was a few starts that had me a little concerned. But a few for the starts. Overall, though, he was he was Come fine. He was fine. Okay, Anthony, I'll give you Monty, okay? He was Cy Young. Thank I don't you. care. He, he wasn't you. pitching like he is right now, I'll tell you that. Not well, even close. Nobody is. The bottom line of what I'm saying, though, is that you, Cy Young out there. you still didn't have a rotation that could keep you in games, let alone win you games. Very true. That we can agree on. That's not on the manager. Don't throw my guy. It's not on the manager. Monty under the bus. I don't care about Monty right now. It's a shame. You should. I know I shouldn't. They should sign him back. That way, when they do, I'll care. Okay. You're spot on about Mike Shield. It's not, with all due respect, CJ, it's not as simple as they, they lost their way when they they let go of, you know, they fired Mike Schilt. Jamie's right. You don't just fire managers that got to the postseason. And as part of your, oh, I think that's my mic. Hang tight. I think we're good. Okay. You don't just fire managers that got to the postseason just on a whim. And it wasn't just because, oh, you just pushed back and Mo, and Mo got rid of him. Mo hired him. Yeah. And that's a bad look for the organization. And the organization has not said anything, by the way. There's another side to this story. What the details are, I don't know. But there's another side to this story, and the organization is not going to sewer Mike Schilt. So I think we just let's just move forward here. I also don't think that they they got rid of Bruce Bochy here. Nobody said nobody has no. hired him, and, I, and I'm not I'm not crushing Mike Schilt either. It's just we all act like well you got you got rid of him, everything fell apart. If Did, that was the case, there there would be a lineup of teams wanting Mike Schilt, right and there now, hasn't been as far as for the manager position. And there's a lot of th- there's there's several teams in needing a manager too. So maybe he'll get a maybe he'll get another shot at some maybe. point. Maybe. And if he comes up wins the World Series, I guess we'll then, just have to. Yeah. Then great. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's fast lane on one hundred and one. Anyway, Monty was six and nine with a three point four two ERA with the Cardinals. Nice. Fine. Excellent. Fine. Okay. NFL stock market buy sell or hold <laughs> next on one hundred and one ESPN. <laughs> Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time for NFL stock market buy, sell, or hold. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. Marsh, I know you uh, you like to do certain categories here. So what, what category do you have for us today? So today we are looking at teams that were under 500 last season that are doing, I'd say, pretty good this year. Maybe they're one game under 500, but they're doing a lot better than they did last year. So let's look at some of these teams. We'll start off with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buy, sell, or hold. I'm buying even after the loss of the Lions. Look at that division. The Bucks are the only. Oh, now you're buying. The Bucks 
yeah. I've, I have eyes. I see what's going on. The it's Saints aren't good. The Falcons disgusting. don't have a quarterback. Panthers are, they'd speak for themselves. You did nothing but attack Shaky Bakey for how long, Marshy? Yeah, no, pretty much forever. For pretty much forever. And now, now he's buying. In ever, Bob. I'm not buying Shaky Bakey. I'm well, buying you, the box. Is he part of the box? Is he their starting yeah, quarterback? Yeah, And you're buying Shaky Bakey. You might as well be buying Shaky Bakey stock. I don't like what you're doing right now. Well, I don't like you. Because you know why I'm buying. I don't like you just jumping on whenever you The NFC you South sucks. <laughs> and you know it. You got to buy him. Stock will only go up because the other teams are just going to keep going down. That's a good point. Buy it. Yeah, I'm buying. I'm a little biased because, you know, they're my middle child. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm buying. The division Mm -hmm. stinks. The conference is mid. And you've got some weapons to surround Shaky Bakey no matter how bad he is. Yeah. I think I'm going to hold on the Buccaneers. (laughs) I I wrote down buy, but... They need to get Rashad White going. Yes, he has they do. not been good. They, they need can't to run establish the ball. a running game because Shaky Bakey can only do so much, and he really can't do all that much, to be honest. Right. So you need to establish a run game, which will hopefully, for them, open up the play action, open up that offense, and then you can buy him some time to find some of those elite wide receivers. Yeah. So I'll hold on the Buccaneers for now, but... Uh, yeah, that division is not good. So let's move on to the AFC South and the Indianapolis Colts. Buy, sell, or hold? Oh, wow. sell. Sell. Uh, Anthony Richardson's likely off for the year. Yeah. Gardner Minshew, if you watched him play on Sunday against the Jaguars, not great. Mm. No, that, that team is devoid of talent. I think they're well coached, but they're devoid of talent. And they're going to sink from here on, here on forward, I think. So I, I'm going to sell. Yeah, I'm selling too while I can before I sink any more money into this bad investment. So I would be selling immediately. I'm going to sell them as well. And that is only because I am buying the next team, and that is the Houston Texans. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I just looked up something, or I just saw it and look it up. I saw it. His numbers compared to Jalen Hurts this year, it's incredible. He's got more passing yards and a better touchdown-to-interception ratio than Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts has been given a really good offensive line and lots of weapons. No doubt. So I'm buying. I'm all over it. Yeah. I had said, remember when we we did, like, sleepers in the offseason? I I remember. If you want a deep sleeper, Mm -hmm. if you want a really deep sleeper, Look at the Houston Texans, and you guys laughed. I made fun of you. Laughed that and just laughed. came to my mind for yeah. uh, prophecies, and well, sounded good at the time. Uh-huh. And the Texans sounding terrible sounded really good at the time. <laughs> uh, I I'm gonna buy this stock. That's a good team. I I had said on Sunday, I think they're better. I think they're a better team than the Saints, and they proved it. You know, they're they're gonna be interesting. C.J. Stroud, if you watch him play, he takes exactly what the defense gives him. Nothing more, nothing less. I don't think you're going to win playoff games that way, but you're going to make things interesting for the wild card mix, that's for sure. So here's the thing I was looking for. Nick Adams posted this, um, that C.J. Stroud, 1,660 yards, nine touchdowns, one interception. Jalen Hurts, 1,542 yards, seven TDs, seven interceptions. No kidding. It's crazy to think that. He's been real. He's been great. We talk uh, about C.J. Stroud. I think we should give some credit to D'Amico Ryans as well. He's been yes. fantastic this year as a head coach, and I feel like no one's talking about him. They they nailed their two draft picks. 
They got C.J. Stroud, and then they traded back up for Will Anderson. Will Anderson's been excellent, too. D'Amico Ryans, his his defensive fronts have always been aggressive, and that, that's been the case for Houston. And that's a team, too, that they really haven't run the ball that well with Damian Pierce. But to credit C.J. Stroud, man, he's played very well. And the defensive, the game plans, everything like that have been excellent. Let's move on to the NFC West, the Los Angeles Rams. Buy, sell, or hold? Wow. Um, I'm, I'm going to hold. I'm going to sell. Yeah. I feel like this is just like it's barely maintaining one of these guys. Something's going to go wrong here soon. I don't I don't have any faith. I, I'm selling. I I had said that they're they could be like a top five team when it's all said and done. I don't think they I don't think they get there. You know what? I got to sell too. I, I I don't love that team at all. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford is going to get beheaded at some point. He's got <laughs> Let's you know, hope not. You like those wide receivers, but they're banged up at running back now. The defense really only has Aaron Donalds. No, nah, I got to sell. I want to sell them, but with the state of the NFC right now, I could see them going 500 and potentially being a seven spot in the playoffs. Yeah, so somebody's going to make I'll that hold, seven spot, right? I'll hold for right now, but uh, I don't want to, but I will. Uh, next team is the New York Jets. Buy, sell, or hold. <laughs> somehow I somehow they're three and three right now. Yeah, some, their defense. Take a good look at the defense, and mm-hmm. that's a big part of it. I'm going to hold on the Jets. You know, obviously, a couple weeks ago, I think we all would have bailed. But Zach Wilson is just doing enough, mm-hmm. and the defense is playing fantastic. Can can that recipe continue to win you football games? I don't know. But if Aaron Rodgers, who looks to be quite a bit ahead of schedule, out there with no crutches throwing the football, I understand he hasn't dropped back, he's not under pressure and things like that. Yeah. But if the Jets can stay in the 500 range until he may have a chance to return, mm-hmm. it might be worth having that stock. So I'm going to hold on that. Yeah, I'm going to hold too. I mean, you beat the Eagles. You you deserve you deserve some praise, especially the, with the, you did not have your top two corners. You didn't have Sauce Gardner out there, uh, and you do that against AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Uh, yeah, I'm I'll hold on that. And Zach Wilson, I think, kind of turned a corner against the Chiefs. You know, his teammates have kind of rallied around him a little bit more. Aaron Rodgers coming in and saying, hey, guys, look, we're a team here. Mm-hmm. I think things have turned a little bit. And Priest Hall looks good again. I'll hold on the Jets, too. I'm looking at their schedule right now. They have some favorable matchups, but they also have a few tough matchups, and those are coming within their own division. Next week they take – not next week. I believe they're on a bye. But uh, the following week they'll take on the Giants. That might be a 3-3 game. Uh, (laughs) Then they play the Chargers. I don't see them winning, even though Brandon Staley is the Chargers head coach. They got the Raiders as well. I feel like that could be a winnable game. But then they take on the Bills, the Dolphins. They have the Dolphins twice. But the rest of the way, I mean, they're playing the Falcons. Who knows what that will bring? The Texans, we mentioned they're a good team. That could be a loss right there. Although, you know, who really knows? Uh, then you got the Browns, the Commanders, and the Patriots. I think those are all winnable games. Yeah. So maybe they'll be a 500 team at the end of the year. And if, like Jamie said, if Aaron Rodgers comes back, perhaps they make a run at the playoffs. So. Right. All right. Let's do. Uh, let's move forward here. I don't know if we have time to sneak in the sports six pack. So 
Why don't we do this? How important is it that the Cards expand their coaching staff? They reportedly want to do it, but how important is it? And how important is it to bring in somebody like Yadier Molina? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. How important is it that the Cardinals expand their coaching staff? It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. So one of the biggest player concerns, according to sources that told uh, Katie Wu of The Athletic, was that there simply wasn't enough coaching to go around this past year for the Cardinals. Cardinals finished the year with 10 coaches, not including Marmel, making them one of the smallest staffs in the majors. Jamie, I'm going to kick this to you since you're the only professional athlete uh, in here. How important is it to have enough coaching? You're going to get your positional coaches. You're going to get, depending on the sport, you're going to get your head coach, of course. You're going to get some assistant coaches. You're going to get a power play coach and your special teams coach in your your regard. Mm-hmm. But overall, I mean, at what point do you say, "Yeah, this is I'm not getting enough coaching"? Like, is there a certain number yeah. or? No, I, here's what I think it is. is It's not that you just throw numbers at the situation where you're like, okay, I've got all these coaches to make sure that the players have unique coaching and whatnot. The games at, at every level, uh, at every, in every sport, major sport, across, not just every professional sport, let's just say it that way, has evolved so much. There's so much going on that the traditional two or three guys is not enough. It's just not. There's video that you need to be breaking down. There's post-game reaction video, so you're clipping all the things from the post-game. Meanwhile, somebody else is doing the pre-scout for the next game. Mm-hmm. Then the, the goaltending coach is picking up the goaltender tendencies for the opposition at the same time as going over your goaltenders, giving up the goals or good good rebounds, bad rebounds, all this stuff. So much heavy lifting to do that you need more bodies. But you need the right guys, too. Yeah, You can't just have people that are in the way. And so, you know, the Blues added, or they, they went and got Mike Weber this year, and they added Michael Babcock as a skills-slash-assistant coach. He kind of, and Michael Babcock is there to pick up the slack wherever there's a certain department that needs help. Like if Steve Ott's working on the power play, which I know they are right now, and he needs more video or another set of eyeballs on something like one, the whole coaching staff will look at things together, but then maybe they drag off into a group of two over here. Like it's essential nowadays to have the right number of eyeballs on each situation. And then also the personal side of the coaching, because there's so much team stuff that goes into it, because once the season starts, like the coaching staff is all about wins and losses. Mm-hmm. So the development of a certain player sometimes, it's not that it gets put to the side. It's just that you, there's not enough hours in a day even for the athlete. And so it's great to have another coach on staff so that if you're looking to work with Tyler Tucker, a young defenseman promising right now, but there's a certain element of his game or certain skill that could make him even better. Now you have somebody designated to working with these guys. Mm -hmm. And it's not every day. Maybe it's once a week. Maybe it's twice a week. Maybe it's for 10 minutes. Maybe it's for 20 minutes. Like Whatever it is, you have to have somebody that's able to do it while the major coaching staff, the big guys in the coaching staff, they're handling winning hockey games. 
See what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's the team aspect of it and the individual aspect of coaching. And you can't expect the, the team aspect of coaching to go and handle the development side of it. Right. So you need another, almost another team of coaches that can do the individual development. Sure. And Makes a lot of sense. You know, and Ryan O'Reilly, when he was here, like it was almost a, another coach for you because he would drag guys off into groups of five or six and do a whole bunch of different little things and work on certain skills. He's not here anymore. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure that you have somebody. And so that's why all everything I'm saying is blues related. I know this is a Cardinals segment. Yeah, but you're you're breaking down what what professional athletes need. Yeah, and so the of a year. for baseball, I don't understand why you wouldn't add. Like, in my opinion, gone are the days of one hitting coach and one pitching coach, mm-hmm. because and I know they have people that are underneath them, and I don't pretend to know how exactly it all works. I'm not going to sit here and do that. BT would be much better at describing that than me. But why wouldn't you have two guys at the top of the food chain and then expanding it? There's so many details that go into the game of baseball now on the pitching side, for sure. Yeah. And on the hitting side, absolutely. So, you know, one guy getting overwhelmed with questions or data or information or changing a swing or working on a specific skill, Mm -hmm. I'd have two guys that work, you know, in unison. And then I would throw numbers at this stuff, man. I would throw numbers at the hitting coaching position not so many like so you have so many different opinions yeah you have so many people reinforcing the overall opinion do you know what i'm saying you have have soldiers that are helping do all the work yeah but it's to execute the vision yes it's based off of exactly what your theory is going to be at the top i i do think you need especially in today's game a mix of we'll call them the old school and new school guys too Old school, I'm really just referring to guys that have been there and done that. You know, like adding a Yadier Molina, if he was interested, would be would be incredible. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be interested, but adding somebody with with that amount of respect within a clubhouse who has done that before, when he speaks, you listen. If he's instructing you on something, you listen. Not that you don't respect the guy that didn't do it, that's giving you good information, but it, it, I imagine it comes across, across a little differently. However, if you are more of an analytics guy, somebody that understands the numbers, you may want somebody to, to, to come over and say, this is what's going on with your your swing in the swing path uh, on three in three, two counts. Maybe your brain works that way. So Maybe your brain shouldn't be, though, too, right? So the flip side of that, and I'm totally with you yeah. on this, is maybe, let's just say, let's just say you've got your, your Dusty Blake, who seems to be more of a numbers guy because he never pitched, wasn't yeah. there. Then you've got maybe a Jason Isringhausen mm-hmm. who's right there with him. And all the numbers that Dusty Blake is throwing at you, maybe you're not processing or maybe you're worried about the wrong ones. Yeah. Then you got a guy like Izzy can say, here, give me the piece of paper and just scratch out all the mm-hmm. ones that don't mean squat and say this one here. This is what this matters This is to what you. matters. This is what Dusty's talking about That's right here. Point. Get rid of all this other shrubbery. Clean it up, and this one or these two things here is what you need to worry about. Yeah. What are you going to do? You're looking at Jason Isringhausen, who's done it all, and you're like, you know what? I get it. Mm -hmm. So he's not telling me to ignore the analytics because I need that to function. That's that's my thing. He's telling me which analytics are pertinent to what we're trying to do. Kind of reminds me of Dave Duncan. You know, Dave Duncan had all these notebooks and all these stats and all these things, but Dave Duncan had 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 the uh, innate ability to communicate. Say, hey, listen, live at the bottom of the zone. You know. This guy, you got to be, you got to be aware that this guy's going to crush a three-two curveball. But if you live at the bottom of the zone, 
you're going to be fine. It's it's that it's that taking the the information and simplifying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to your earlier point, when you said you also need coaches, certain coaches are going to communicate differently, i.e., they're going to get through differently. We've all had the teacher that might be teaching the exact same thing as the next teacher, but for whatever reason, teacher B gets through to you, teacher A does not. Mm-hmm. It's it, that's the way it goes. Which so. is why I always think it's great to have different personalities mm-hmm. doing the same job. Because everybody learns and performs differently with different information, as well as communicating the same information differently. Good call. Jamie Rivers, Andrew March, Anthony Stolzer. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We've got the gauntlet next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. All right, time for the gauntlet here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, I'm Anthony Stoltz, and we've got Ron as our latest contestant. What's up, Ron? I'm doing good. Can you guys hear me? We can hear you just fine. Thank you. Andrew, Andrew you are you are Batman's father, just like Luke in Star Wars. Love it. Wow. I love Star Wars. Okay, Ron. There you go, man. He's Killian's father? I guess. We got yeah. some talking to do here. Wow. <laughs> That's Not me. Anthony is. Oh, 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 oh that makes sense. I, yeah. I thought he said Andrew. I, I thought like, he said I Andrew too. Said like, yeah, maybe you meant maybe you meant Anthony. I was yeah. like, things just got really awkward. It's all good, Rob. Anthony's more of like a Thomas Wayne, right? Because the child's Batman. Yeah, I get shot in there the alleyway. No. Yeah. No. What? That's the best Batman story. <laughs> it is. You're right. All right. I gotta fall first. It happens. Yep. Yes, it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> Sorry, Kid Anthony. comes Batman. Has a lot of issues, but he, you know, saves people. <laughs> no, what <so>. issues? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ron, would you like to take on Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, or me today? I want to take on the father of Batman. Okay. Anthony. I was about to say, there's a little confusion there. Yeah. All right. Ron, good luck to you, man. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, Anthony's going to make his way to the Cone of Silence. And, Ron, you're going to tell Marshy. To spin the wheel, please. Marsh, spin that wheel. All right, Ron, what are you hoping for, bud? I don't hope. I hope I'm going to have bad expectations and I'm going to be disappointed. So whatever it happens, happens, right? I, no, you're right. How do you feel about, oh, I don't know, random trivia? Well, let's do it. All right, well, that's what you got. By the way, right. for uh, for those watching on YouTube, the Tyler O'Wheel is still out of commission. <laughs> it's, so it's hurt already. Shocker. Still on the IR. Yeah, we gotta fix the little tab. I don't know what we did to it, but we'll this is it why out. we can't have nice things here in the fast lane. All right, Ron. Each question is worth two points if you answer correctly without using the options. If you do use the options and answer correctly, it's worth one point. And of course, if you get it wrong. You get zero points. You ready to go, Ron? Let's do it, man. All right, again, the category is random. Question number one. Name the red supergiant star that is the second brightest star in the Orion constellation. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. Can you repeat that question, please? Yeah, I will, because my goodness. Name the red supergiant star 
that is the second brightest star in the Orion constellation. Well, just give me the options here. Yeah, I, I would imagine. Is it uh, Vega, Sirius, or Bete- Beetlejuice? Oh my gosh. Not the one I was thinking. Um, say the three again. I'm sorry. I'll take Orega. It was Vega, Sirius, or Beetlejuice. It was Sirius. Final answer? Final answer. Question number two. A top 15 busiest airport in the country whose initials are EWR is found in which U.S. state? My God, Grant's mad at us. My gosh, I'm telling you, EWR. Uh, give me the options, please. Options are Texas, New Jersey, or Florida. Or, uh, I don't think it's Dallas, Fort Worth. It's uh, let's go, let's go, New Jersey. Final answer. Final answer. All right, Ron. Question number three. Hepatitis is the inflammation of what organ in the body? Hepatitis is the liver. Final answer? Final answer. Final question for you, Ron. The Hilltoppers of which university has a mascot named Big Red? Hilltoppers. Give me the options, please. Options are <laughs> Georgia Tech, Louisiana Lafayette, or Western Kentucky University. Hilltoppers. It's not Georgia Tech. Would you say Louisiana Tech? There's the Lu- Louisiana Lafayette or Western Kentucky University. Those are the, the final two. Hilltoppers. Let's go with Western Kentucky. Final answer? Final answer. All right, that was a doozy. Wow. Let's get oh Anthony gosh. back in here. Yeah, Grant? Hey, Jamie, I met you at the NFL Bash. I was the one doing magic tricks. Do you remember that? Oh, I do. I do. I remember I was telling these guys about it uh, the other day because Marshy said he saw you at Cybirds. Mm-hmm. And good. I was telling them how you had card tricks, and every single time the number six came out. It was pretty incredible. <laughs> That's right. That was awesome, yep. Yeah, you're, you're a heck of a magician. Well, that's fun. I do it for fun. All right, Anthony, how are you, bud? Doing great. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks a for asking. in the cone of silence today, the, huh? Yeah, Mike Ryder took off. I don't know where mm. he's at. I'm okay. a little worried because he's always here. So Yeah, I'm sure he's fine. You, on the other hand, pack a lunch. Okay. All right? Mm-hmm. You're going to love these questions. Okay. Question number one, random oh. is your category. Good, good. I wanted random today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're going to love this. Name the red supergiant star that is the second brightest star in the Orion constellation. <laughs> you know, believe it or not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need the options on this one, Jamie. I know. Sorry. All right. Shocking, but mm. still. Is it Vega, Sirius, or Beetlejuice? Give me uh, Vega. Final answer. Question number two. A top 15 busiest airport in the country whose initials are EWR is found in which U.S. state? New Jersey. It's Newark. I've been stuck there before, and it's bad. I was stuck there overnight. In fact, 
Jamie, you and I, before we did our first Alter and River show, yeah. I had to drive from Bristol, Connecticut to Newark. And I slept, I think, like two hours to get because that was the only way I could get back home to do our, our first show together. You were a true pro, though, Anthony. Well, thank you, Jamie. Yeah, but fortunately, it helped me out there because I know that airport very well. Okay, so Newark. Is, is that, that your final you, answer? Yeah. New Jersey is the state. Final answer on that. Yeah, it's New okay. York. Newark. All right, question three. Hepatitis is the inflammation of what organ in the body? I don't know. Can I have the options, please? Kidney, liver, or spleen? Kidney, liver, or spleen? I don't think it's the spleen. So is it kidney or liver? Uh, I'll go with liver. Final answer. Question number four. The Hilltoppers of which university has a mascot named Big Red? They play tonight. The Hilltoppers play tonight. Western Kentucky. Final answer. The Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. I didn't know Big Red was the nickname, though. All right. Let's, let's go over this. Question number two. A top... A top 15 busiest airport of the country whose initials are EWR is found in which U.S. state? Ron, you said New Jersey. Anthony, you said New Jersey. Answer is? It is New Jersey. But Ron needed the options. 2-1, Anthony, after one. You would have got that one, right, Jamie? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, oddly enough, yes. (laughs) Question question three. Hepatitis is the inflammation of what organ in the body? Ron, you said the liver. Mm. Anthony, you said the liver. Answer is... It is the liver. Nice. Ron did not need the options. We are all tied up. Three, three after two. Let's go to question one. Name the red supergiant star that is the second brightest star in the Orion constellation. I can't believe both of you needed the options on this. It's yeah. such an easy question. <laughs> yeah, we should have known. Ron, you said Sirius. Anthony, you said Vega. Answer is... It is Beetlejuice. Oh, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Of course. Yes. They made a whole movie about it. They did. Yeah. Ish. Actually, just watched that movie last night. Did you? No lie. Michael Keaton. <laughs> yep. Yep. Michael Keaton is highly underrated, man. In, in that as movie? an actor, just as an actor, yeah, yeah. I think he Michael is Keaton. Batman. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He is. He's the original Batman. <laughs> All right, guys, we're three. Keaton's awesome. We're three, three headed into the last question. <sighs> the Hilltoppers of which university has a mascot named Big Red? I think you know where we're headed here, Ron. You said Western Kentucky University. Mm. Anthony, you also said Western Kentucky but? University. But ah. Ron needed the option. Yes. Ron. You have chosen. Well, that was a battle. The answer was Western Kentucky University. Ron, wow. good job, buddy. You got you got three out of the four questions right. Nice work, Ron. 
I feel like I just went through college again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you get random. Yeah, you guys are great. I love the show, man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate, appreciate it. Ron. Thanks for listening. Thanks Take for care, playing. Mark. Good stuff. Thank you. That was All a right. battle. That was a battle. Ron did well. That was a, some tough questions. Those man. were some tough questions. Very tough. Yeah. I mean, Marsh is what is going on here? Grant's mad. He's sending a message. I don't blame him. You fired him I nine mean, like, times now. It's like cross-checking your teammate. Yeah. Mm. Multiple times. Who would do that? Well, oddly yeah. enough, it happened today. Mm. Should the Cardinals be interested <laughs> in Juan Soto? He could be available oh, again. outfielder. Great. <laughs> they need an outfielder. Yeah. yeah. That's the real outfit. That's mm. next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So it's on the athletic today, and I saw that Jim Bowden Come on, Jamie. Bobby's brother. There you go. <laughs> Might as well just get it out of the way. Jim Bowden, not related to Bobby Bowden. Um he wrote which teams could be interested in Juan Soto, or at least which teams which teams would would be fits for Juan Soto, and he listed five of those teams. Could have had that guy for Dylan Carlson. Could have had him for, straight up, and you passed on it. Let's get them both. Get them both. Why Put them on the same outfield. Nine outfielders. Who doesn't have that? So here, here's what uh, here's what Jim Bowden <laughs> wrote. He said the Yankees number one, the Red Sox number two, Seattle Mariners number Mariners number three, the San Francisco Giants number four, and the Cleveland Guardians number five. So the Cardinals did not make this list, guys. What? Yeah. I didn't think they'd be on this list, but hey, <laughs> let's talk about them anyways. Should the Cardinals be interested in Juan Soto, guys? I don't know, Anthony. The answer is yes. No, the answer is not. Guys, talented man, Anthony. You want to be interested in talent? Can he? Uh, can no, he... he can't pitch. There you go. Can't pitch. Like, not 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 a lick. I, I'd rather take the money I'm going to spend on Juan Soto, which is, I mean, the number he's going to demand. If you took that money and put it towards a pitcher, you're better off. You know what I'm doing? I'm acquiring Juan Soto. Oh, God. I'm signing him long-term. And then that frees me up to trade some guys in the outfield because we have a ton of outfielders, Jamie. Anthony. And using those outfielders will get me a pitcher. Yeah, it'll get you Rich Hill. It's not going to get me Rich Hill. You're right. Hill. It wouldn't even get you Rich Hill. Oh, stop it. <laughs> you're just no, being mean now. You're just being silly, too. Because yeah, at the end of the day, we both know, and anybody who's listening knows it. it what do you think Juan Soto commands for a salary? Is he get twenty five uh, right now? Yeah. Okay. Let's just say thirty. Mm-hmm. Easily. Yeah. Why? Take that thirty and go get yourself a damn pitcher. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, of course. That's the way. Yes. That's the. I mean, that is the path to go. Like, All right. But this is such a cardinal's thing. That this is like, like what they would do. Go <laughs> no, spend, they, there's no way they would do this. No, you're right. You're right, there's no way. This takes this. way too much huevos rancheros. Yeah, th- I don't even think it would call that. I would call it stupidity. As much as I think Juan Soto is a difference maker as far as a player is concerned, you don't, it's not that you don't need Juan Soto. You have other needs that are greater than mm. Juan Soto. Plus it prevents you from doing anything else. Because it would cost well, you. you're screwed. It would cost you a mint to just get him from San Diego. 
then you'd want to pay him because why acquire Juan Soto if you're not going to pay him? Yeah. And then that prevents you again from doing some other things. It might be one of the dumbest things that ever happened <laughs> if you're the Cardinals. Seriously, unless you're looking to flip somebody else to get some pitching. But yeah. who? Like, then do you feel like, at that point, do you feel like, okay, now I can flip Gorman to get some pitching because I've got another big-ass bat, but I'm still paying the bat $30 million. Or Newt, you know. I mean, I would go with the out, I'd go the outfield route. Yeah, but to, then you're going to have to friggin' pony up for a pitcher, too. Look, we're just talking here, Jamie. I know, but sometimes, Anthony, you know, it frustrates me that even things like this are being talked about because I worry that this is how the Cardinals front office is going to be. Squirrel, shiny nickel. Yeah, outfielder. Not necessarily Juan Soto, just... Are you kidding me? In that same scenario, it would be, there's a squirrel. How fast is he running? Somebody get the data on that. I wonder if that squirrel is running at top speed. (laughs) How does that squirrel compare to other squirrels within his family? But, sir, you already have, like, six squirrels in your outfield. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, shiny nickel. I wonder what uh, year that nickel is. Like they're not, oh. they're not getting distracted. They're analyzing it. Well, right. everybody else is making moves. Look, ultimately, I'm with you, Jamie. Acquiring Juan Soto doesn't make sense. I would do it if if fun. he was the missing piece. If you had a pitching staff that was in place and solidified, and you right. had, and you, you needed a, a big ass bat in your lineup, then fine, you're going to pay for it. But right now, come on, man. I don't see how you trade for pitching either. You have nothing to offer. I think you have something to offer. No, but, you do, but nothing you want to get rid of. Yeah. Who else? And and besides the Mariners, let's, let's just push the Mariners aside. Yeah. Who I don't know why they would give up their young pitching you either. Dylan Cease that you could go. You could go that route if the White Sox. I, I think the White Sox would want to build around somebody. But, but yeah, I think you the could. White Sox are a, a good dance partner because they had just had an atrocious year too, right. and they're looking to rebuild that. Thing. And what's and and two, Jamie? What's the line of demarcation before you say, you know what, that's too much? Because are you robbing Peter to pay Paul? You're getting a situation. Where you let's say let's say it is Dylan Cease. I'm not going to push back on acquiring Dylan Cease. I think mm. that'd be great. But if you acquire Dylan Cease. How much of your offense are you giving them? Well, you're definitely giving them Gorman. You're definitely giving them Gorman. You know, it's gonna it's gonna take it three take, impact. <laughs> it might take three impact players to get to. I don't think things. it's three. I think I think. Listen, I think Gorman's stock is high enough to where if you had one more accent piece with him, mm-hmm. I think you have a legitimate conversation. If you're John Mozeliak, going like, "Hey, pump the brakes here, okay? Yeah, this kid has got power. He just spent his first full season in the majors." Come on. No. Come on. Just give us Dylan Cease no, for Dylan Tyler O'Neill. <laughs> Guy had a great year one year. He did. He had a great year one year. He did. MVP caliber year. Yeah, you wanted to extend him, too. <laughs> you wanted to extend him. I said no. <laughs> All right. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. we got a Sports Six back next. 314-399-9646 is here. Comfort Service tax line. Again, if you want to send us a question, Sports Six back next in the Fastlane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
question. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's, your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. All right, time for the Sports Six back here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh with your questions. Question number one. All right, guys, from the 616, what would be needed in 2024 for the Cards to fire John Moselock? Um, another season just like this year to where they find themselves out of the playoffs like halfway through the year. And I don't even. I mean, I don't even think they fire him. I don't even think they would fire him in this, in midseason. I think that they would reassign him in the offseason. I think that it would take John Mozeliak going to the ownership, having a conversation, and both of them coming to terms that he's he just isn't the right guy anymore to to fix the problem, and therefore he wouldn't be fired as much as he he would resign. You know, and maybe I, I realize I'm getting technical on it, but I. I the point bedded that that's buried in there is that I don't think he's going to get fired. I think he's going to see out the length of this contract, and that is what the next two years. Because I think he signed an ex- two-year extension, right? So yeah. He, he finished out his, his old contract, and he's got two more years. I think he either sees out the rest of the deal, or after the if if you miss the playoffs again, and it's, it's it's a disaster again. To Jamie's point, maybe it's just a situation where he's being reass- reassigned. Yeah, or like they, you know, they just whatever. I don't. Know I don't if, think you're going to see an outright firing. Do I don't you? think they'll fire him because of what he's been able to do for the organization. I think that he resigns, or they reassign him within the organization and put him back in charge of like the scouting or whatnot, and promote Michael Gersh to president or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have the whole thing in front of me, but I don't see where they make it a um, a harsh exit for John Mozilla. I don't either. Question number two. From the 636, tough question, boys. I have many jerseys. Bortuzzo, Tarasenko, Bacchus, Oshie. What jersey should I buy and what color should I get? Thanks, huge fan of the show. And well, let's, let's go Blues. I didn't hear Rivers in that collection. Yeah, no kidding. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, I think it starts with the Jamie Rivers. And you got six. two options. You know, you get the number six or the number 20, whatever mm-hmm. version of Jamie Rivers you like. I like my Jamie Rivers uh, in his original form. Yeah, the OG. Yes. Yeah, six it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, that's I mean that'd be a fresh start right there. Absolutely. Um, but current blue, Anthony. Did, did he say Bennington? No, but I would go with Bennington. I'd go. I'd go. I'd go the big five zero. See, I'd go Braden Shen. What the hell? I would. That'd be a great option too. I mean, Shenner's kind of that guy. Like he, you know, we talk about how Chief embodies St. Louis. Well, so does Braden Shen. Mm-hmm. Like tough in your face. Like give you honest effort. Loyal. Loyal. Wants to be here. Wants to be here, and he's the captain. Odds of him getting traded anytime soon. You know, Not high. You at least get a little bang for your buck on the jersey. Yeah, true. Good call, man. Good call, man. Question number three. From the 636, guys, fun fact I learned over the weekend is that there are, on, there are only three people that are left-handed to win the Heisman. Question, are any of you left-handed, and do you play any sport with your non-dominant side of your body? Example is, I am right-handed, but I kick a soccer ball and punt a football with my left foot. 
Hmm. So it's weird, I guess, for me because I'm right-handed. I throw football and baseball with my right hand. I play hockey left-handed, though. I don't know if that. I guess maybe because my dominant hand is at the top of the stick. You know, I I don't know. I golf left-handed. Do you? Yeah. That's why. And, you, I do and too. you swing a baseball bat left-handed. I do. I'm the same First exact way. Yeah. Right, right-handed. Yeah. And swing left. So at what point, my, my question is, at what point did you realize this? Realize what? You, okay, well, you're, I mean, you're, you're, you're riding right-handed in school. Yeah. You're probably eating right-handed. At what point do you say, you know what? I'm going to swing a bat left-handed. When my brother handed me a bat and showed me how to swing a bat. He swung it left-handed, so I did too. Okay, it's a good <laughs> and it's a good. That's a good answer for golf. My dad was a left-handed golfer. Mm-hmm. We couldn't afford everybody to have clubs. That makes sense. So too. we all shared the same clubs, and they were left-handed. So guess what? You I'm a left-handed it. golfer. Okay. <laughs> Fair. I think maybe because for me, like my dominant hand is my right hand. So with a hockey stick, I want my dominant hand on top for right, right on the knob. Right on the knob. Mm. Yeah. Same with, you know, baseball, you know, right down there on the knob. Mm-hmm. So it just gives you me better. You usually can work the top of your stick Absolutely. better with your dominant hand. Absolutely. It gives you more control when you're twisting it, you know, like especially hockey, mm-hmm. when you're you know using it for sure. poke check. Mm-hmm. It's always better to have your dominant hand holding the knob, in my opinion, anyways. I think that's uh, that's reasonable. You make I'm, a great point. Uh, I'm right-handed for everything. Hmm. Hmm. Except for, uh, it, you know, when I'm in the gym, I've noticed, like, you know, when you're when you're at the the final stages, right? Like you're at the final reps, and it's getting a, the weight's getting a little <laughs> tough for whatever reason, especially with bench. The left hand, no issues. Like, mm. poof, and then yeah. it's the right hand. I don't know. Interesting. I feel like my left side is stronger in the gym, but that's it. Interesting. We have a text, guys, from the six three six. Says I have a Jamie Rivers jersey. When I wore it, I broke my ankle in a knocker ball. <laughs> That's our guy. That's our guy. It's a jersey. That's oh, our guy. Oh, man. How's the rehab coming? I don't know. He's, uh, yeah, he's obviously... Um, Remember he said... Uh, got a sense of humor back. Yeah. He always... He never... The sense of humor was there, too, even as his foot was dangling off his leg like that. Uh, Remember? He goes, Guy, guys, I don't think this looks good. Jamie, have you ever... <sighs> Yeah. Have you ever seen, you ever seen like this? Fo- no, not no. quite like this. You're going to be fine, though. I didn't know what to say at the time. Mm. Poor guy. Yeah. Hmm. Poor guy's right. Question number four. From the 314, hey, Jamie, if you were in the NHL right now, who would you love to be paired with? Would Who would your all-time defensive pairing be? So me and somebody else? Is, yeah, that, so is that what the question is? What or? I'm gathering is who would be your defensive partner yeah. in the NHL right now yeah. if you were in it, and who is your favorite all-time defensive pairing? Oh, wow. Okay, so, so many options here. <laughs> uh, if I was in the NHL, I'd love to play with Kale McCarr. I have a feeling that he'd make my life pretty easy. <laughs> I would think so. <laughs> Where he skates, shoots, passes the puck, I just have to get the puck over to him and just not get myself in trouble. That's about it. Mm. So that'd be fun. Play with him. And uh, all-time defense pairing. I mean, God, you so many great pairings. Like, you got Nick Lidstrom and Vladimir Konstantinov when he was in his prime. Like, God, those guys were 
animals. Chelios and Lidstrom together in Detroit. McKinnis and Pronger, although they were never really a pairing. But still, imagine if they, they did play together at times, obviously, power play, and when the game was on the line, they'd be out there. Yeah. So Pronger and McKinnis, like, that's a hell of a pairing, too. Bobby Orr and um, uh, Don Ori was his partner. I know that's crazy. <sighs> so many great defensemen over the years. I All time, it probably... Probably be Pronger and McKinnis. Really, you get two powerhouses like that together. Even though Lidstrom and Konstantinov were so friggin' good together too. Who was on Brian Leach's? Or who was his defensive partner? Um, he had a couple of different guys. Like he had Bukaboom that played with him for a while, <laughs> just mm. to keep the flies off of him. Electric man. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who else played, but Leachy was kind of a one-man band. On the Rangers, they had a good team. Obviously, they won the mm-hmm. cup in '94. But uh, yeah, man, if I had more time, I could probably dig even deeper into mm-hmm. different rosters because the Canadians had so many powerhouse teams in the day. And do you have one more, Marsh? One more. All right. Question number five from a three-one-four. When hiring a new coach, do you prefer coaching experience and/or playing experience, or does that matter? Um, I don't think it's the end all be all. I, it, when I'm hiring a coach, I want I want somebody that's confident in his ability to get his message across, whatever that message may be, and preferably I I want everybody to be on the same page. So, uh, ownership, coaching, then his coaching staff. I, I wanted I want that cohesion, that synergy there. But you have to be able to communicate to your players and your staff what it is that you're doing. I also want somebody that's going to be adaptable and is not afraid to push back against whoever I have in place as a GM or or a president that's that's calling the shots from a front office standpoint. Yeah. I think a little friction is good. As long as the overall vision is still there and the, those two guys are on the same page. Like Army and Chief are a perfect pairing. The vision is there. They don't mind going back and forth on on players and I think that that sort of friction is good. Yeah. So if I'm looking for a head coach, I lean towards former player more so. There could be other guys, other coaches that are very, very good at what they do. But right or wrong, in your, in your opinion, I look at it as, has this individual walked a mile in my shoes? Sure. And, and when I talk about a former player... I usually like a former player that played in a bit of a different era, but has adjusted to the modern game as a coach. That's a good way to put it. So Craig Berube is a good example of that, too. There are a lot of guys that are in that category. Rick Tockett, all these guys that are good coaches. But the reason I do that is because I know that he can adapt. Yeah. It's not just one style of hockey, and it's not trapped in, you know, in the 70s or in the 80s. Sure. So, but I, I always believe that a, a coach that has played, and it doesn't have to be in the NHL either, by the way. So let me make that clear. It could be college, it could be junior hockey, you know, something like that to where at least the individual knows what you're going through, mm-hmm. understands in certain parts of the game when it got hairy. Why did it get hairy for you? Why did you make a good decision? Why did you make a bad decision? Yeah. You know, you're, if you're a goal scorer, you haven't gone, you haven't, you've gone 10 games without a goal. How does that feel? 
Well, you know, you know how it feels in practice. So for me, it's always been an important part. There you have it. Joey Vitale is going to join us next. We'll get his thoughts on the Blues' first two games here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Joey Vitale views things a little differently. Just imagine how he looks at hockey. This is The View from Vitale. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company. A proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stolzik. Let's head to the 101 ESPN Celebrity Line. We have our guy Joey Vitale on the line right now. A couple of days off for Joe as the Blues are off. Uh, what's up, Joe? Hey, fellas. Doing good. I love these love these little 15-minute chats. Gets me out of the house for a little bit. It's like a war zone in there right now. Oh, I'm sure. What, what, what are the, what's the number with the kids now? 12, 13? 13. 13 or so? We're at five. I'm hoping for some more. I said to my wife the other day, maybe more. You should have seen the death stare she gave me. I think a couple of horns may have popped up behind her ears, too. Yeah, Joey, never mind having more babies. She might never touch you again. Uh, listen. <laughs> well, another day. Another day for this conversation. I will put that on a really bad road. I will put that on a really bad road. But yeah, no, it's, it's like a war zone in there right now, and everyone's arguing about the Halloween costumes and who's going to be what. It's like a thing nowadays, these kids that go as groups. So everyone's a group, but then if you're like, if uh, one of my sons, they're all being Top Gun characters, but everyone wants to be Maverick. No one can agree on who's going to be Maverick or Goose or Iceman. And then my daughter, Summer, she's a Care Bear, and now they got girls bickering about who's going to be the Green Care Bear. I'm just like, whatever happened in the good old days, you put a sheet over your head and you were a ghost. Yeah. No, you're right, Joey. Things have gotten very complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. Hey, uh, and then you go to Halloween Spirit Store and you drop about three hundred dollars on three costumes. It's, it's absolutely insane. I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't put it together anymore. Yeah, these companies, these companies know what they're doing. It's it, they're open for one, like you know, just one month, but they rake. Uh, Joey, we did get a question the other day on the tax line: Joey's bread versus Randy's carrot cake. Oh and yeah. Jamie and I both go ah Randy's carrot cake because we've never had Joey's bread. Now, once have you brought us any bread? No, not ever. Not ever. Listen, listen. Let me save you the suspense. It's gonna be. It's gonna be Randy's carrot cake, no matter what. So you don't even need to have any of my bread, and it's automatically Randy's carrot cake. I'm gonna make you guys some bread. The tough thing about sourdough bread is like you gotta stay on it. Like, I gotta feed my starter every day, and every now and then I'll get a little lazier. We travel, and I can't feed it, so I put it in the fridge. And you know, one one good thing about baking cakes is you can just kind of whip them up the day of. But this the sourdough is a little bit more of a process. Anyone who uh, make sourdough bread. They'll tell you it's like it's a labor of love, and you got to stick with it every single doggone day. Uh, so sometimes I get out of rhythm. But guys, I promise you, I'm going to make you some bread, and and we will have a debate. But uh, again, I, I promise you one thing: it's going to be Randy's carrot cake that takes the cake every time. Oh, I see what you did there. Well, speaking of debates, there has been lots of different opinions throughout the day on the Blues' choice to elevate. Alexei Torpchenko in the lineup rather than someone else, namely Jake Neighbors. Joey, in the first couple of games, uh, your your thoughts on Alexei Torpchenko as well as Jake Neighbors, and, and it, do you think the you know the the promotion was was want, warranted for Torpchenko? I think so. I mean, listen, I think that you know Craig Berube is going to try to see how Torpchenko does. You know, I think worst case scenario. Maybe it doesn't pan out the way you were hoping, and you go right back with a Jake Neighbors. And uh, I, I would say Torpchenko was on a bit of a short leash with that. Whenever you have a, a third, fourth line player go up and play top line minutes, 
Uh, the, the leash is always short. I mean, that, that's just the reality. So I think to start Torpchenko there, I think he's done more to earn it. I think that you look over the last couple of years, uh, you know what you're going to get out of him. I think that for Robert Thomas, and I also think for Jordan Cairo, you know, those two players, I think that they really will thrive off having someone who is extremely responsible 200 foot. I think the one, the one edge, aside from being physical, uh, that I think the Torpchenko brings over Jake Neighbors is, I think that's the reality about his 200 foot game. I think it's more solidified than I think of Jake Neighbors. I think Jake Neighbors is still trying to figure that out a little bit. Uh, and I think with, with Thomas and, and, of course, Kyrou, who are very offensive-minded players, you need someone over there who is very dependable and is, and is aware of things defensively. Uh, Torbchenko, I've heard it from the coaches, he's, he's so good about you know, understanding having a third guy high, tracking back extremely hard. You know, he does mimic in a lot of ways a Pavel Buchnevich type of game. So I, I do think that that is the best fit for those three up top, for the, the two rather up top. With uh, with Kyrou and of course Thomas because of the 200 foot game and just the overall responsibility of what Torbchenko brings. But again, I say that with a caveat because as we all know, he's on, he's going to be on a short lease. And whenever Craig Bruby doesn't see something he likes come Thursday, uh, Jake Neighbors is a great man to have on, in your back pocket to kind of throw up there for some good shifts. Joey Vitale is alongside Chris Kerber on the Blues Radio Network here on 101 ESPN. He joins us right now on the fast lane. Joey, the the defense, we kept talking about the defense, the structure, the system. How's it going to get better with the same group? What have you seen thus far in the first two games? Well, I mean, it's definitely tighter. I think that there's an overall team commitment to defend. You have guys high in the offensive zone. Everyone is tracking back. Everyone realizes that for this team really to give themselves the best chance this year, they're going to have to play defensive first hockey. When you get to the defensive zone, things are kept to the outside. They are giving away some point shots. You are giving away some puck possession walls. But you're putting confidence in your goalie that he's going to make the save, and so far he has. So all in all, you have back-to-back opening games that finish off one-to-one, which is great. You end up getting three out of four points. Perfect. The big question mark for me now is going to be how long can this team sustain this? How, how, how long are they willing to play this style? I mean, you know, Jamie, of course, you, you, you would be a part of this. You would see teams like this. And, you know, the reality is they're tying these games one-to-one. They've only scored two goals in two games. And now you're looking at it, is, are, are the players of the fours going to get a little antsy? Are they going to want to get a little jumpy? Are they going to want to start taking more chances, Right. What happens when three, four, five games in, and maybe Robert Thomas doesn't have a goal, or Braden Shen's line uh, still has a goose egg, whatever it is, right? You worry about, you know, uh, can these players continue to play this selfless style of winning these games, you know, one nothing, 2-1, 3-2 in overtime, if they're not getting their candy, if they're not getting their points. You know, that, that is, that's the concern. And it's not the Blues' concern. It's everyone's concern. I mean, you have, you have a Robert Thomas making $8-plus million dollars, and you got players making a lot of money, and you know what, what? What's to show for it besides the wins? I mean, yes, the most important thing is to win, and you really hope that this group can keep it together, and the leadership group can take that message from Craig Berube and say, no, this is this is continually the style we're going to play with. This is the winning formula, and, and are they are they willing to continue to do that even though they're winning some low scoring games? To me, that that's going to be the big question. Time of low-scoring games, you get the 1-1 games that both go to the shootout, and a big part of the reason for that is Jordan Bennington. What have you thought about old Binner so far this year, Joey? Well, I think he's been great, and I think that the team's played incredible in front of him. You know, you look at Jordan Bennington over the last five seasons, from the numbers standpoint, if we're just talking raw numbers, I mean, the reality is this. His numbers have gotten worse every single year he's been in the league. 
So I think a lot of people would say, wow, what's happened to Jordan Bennington? Well, I don't think anything's happened to Jordan. I think the team in front of him has gotten more and more lackadaisical defensively each and every year. I mean, you lose Petrangelo, then you lose Bowmeister, right? And then it just kind of keeps piling upon. Then all of a sudden your captain O'Reilly's gone. A lot of defensive players have left this system, and, and the system has taken a big downfall, and that's why his numbers have looked so bad. What do I think of him as a goalie? I think he's always had the magic. I think he's always had the confidence and the swagger. He's always had the fundamentals, had the flexibility, the competitiveness. He's had it for the last five years. He's been this goalie for the last five years. He just unfortunately hasn't had the team in front of him that has not allowed so many grade-A chances like he's seen so far this year. So the numbers look great for him, but this is the same goalie and this is the same system basically that when he came in in 2019 that he's looking at. He played he played behind a Jay Bomeister and an Alex Petrangelo type. Carl Gunnarsson was so steady. I mean, Joel Edmondson was there. I mean, a ton of just great defending um, structured teams in front of him throughout that first season, season and a half. And unfortunately for him, the team has kind of fallen off and gotten away from that defensive structure. And now we're looking at the same goalie, if not even better, more season, more experience, but a great team in front of him. So it kind of goes to show you, you keep things to the outside, you allow him to see point shots and shots from the, the, the end walls and the corners. He's going to make those saves, and his numbers are going to be terrific. And again, this is where if you can get him some confidence, get him some wins, and continue to keep things to the outside and, and play this good system, uh, Jordan Bennington's going to shine. I mean, his numbers are going to continue to skyrocket. He's going to flourish. He's going to get some wins, and it's going to be really good for him this year. But again, can, can this Blues team continue to defend um, and be, have that same structure game in, game out? Joe, good stuff as always, man. We appreciate you. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Sounds good, boys. You guys have a great week. You too. Thanks. That's Joe Vitale here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're not getting any of that bread, man. I know. He, I felt like he was holding back on us there, too. I also thought it's he was like being he conceded, serious he, and realistic. He conceded the competition just so he wouldn't have to bring us bread. Yeah, which I think really says it all. I think we have our answer. I think that hurts more than anything. I agree. And like, oh, I'll just eat the carrot cake. Look, I see we'll Joey eat all the, the time. Cake. I travel with Joey. Maybe that's why he won't bring us bread. You guys have become best friends. Uh, maybe not. Maybe you thought so. I thought so, yeah. yeah it's just we tough. even had a really nice dinner in Dallas. All these things. We're having lots of fun. You know what? I'm too depressed. I think we'll just skip the punishment this week in the NFL Pick'em Challenge. Yeah. No, I want to see it. All right. What's trending is next. Maybe we'll do that too here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's going on in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered with what's trending now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a Lion's Choice Sandwich Coupon. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time oh for What's Trending. Uh-oh. Jamie has the punishment You didn't in have to hand. make such a big deal out of it. <laughs> it's got to be. You psychopath. Got to have a big entrance, Anthony. Is that thing firing? Uh. Oh, boy. Yes. Oh. Hmm. There we go. All right. We're good. <laughs> Jesus. Shall we do it? Yes. Just, yeah, Marcy, yep. you're going to have to play with the uh, camera. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, All right. I'm going to back up a little bit so that I'm not literally a foot behind. There's nothing like getting Anthony. 
You're right. Having getting ten picks correct and still being punished is kind of unfair. I'm not, you're not wrong, Marshy. I know you're whittling around with the camera. How we doing? We look great. All right, here we go. All right, so Anthony wow. Stalter about to take his first punishment shot here in three, two. Oh, he got oh. Back. no, I didn't. Where? <laughs> like upper back or lower back. Lower back? Oh, man. I was aiming. Actually, I was aiming lower. We're going to get that sight fixed. Yeah, I was aiming lower. Oh, that was good. It might have hit your belt, though. It, it, I wish it did. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah that, that went that went lower back. Sorry about that. Hey, that's okay. Anthony, that's what you get for getting 10 picks right and the Monday Night Football. <laughs> and the Monday correct. Night Football Anthony, right. Anthony, that hurt me more than it hurt you. Man. That, that stung a little. I'm mm. sorry. That's okay. That's all right. Hey, we won. That's the only thing we that did. matters. Absolutely. So punishment, punishment fulfilled. Absolutely. All right. All right, let's get to it, gentlemen. Trevor May, now former pitcher for the Oakland Athletics. Oh, this was great. Uh, this was unbelievable. We'll never pitch again for the Oakland A's as long as their uh, current owner is involved. I don't think Absolutely. he cares. I don't think he cares either <laughs> after what he just said today. Anyways, here's a little snippet of what he had to say about the owner. Take a listen. Now that it's official to the A's organization and every single person part of it, I love all of you. Every single one of you except for one guy. We all know who that guy is. Sell the team, dude. I tried to get a sell shirt. It didn't get here fast enough. Sell it, man. Let someone who actually like takes pride in the things they own own something. There's actually people who give a shit about the game. Let them do it. Take mommy and daddy's money somewhere else. And also, if you're gonna be, if you're gonna just be a greedy, own it. There's nothing weaker than being afraid of cameras. So that's one thing I really struggled with this year was not just eviscerating that guy. Oh, wow. So the guy he's talking about is John Fisher, the Oakland A's owner. And he, Trevor May, probably just saying what most of the players on the A's want to say. Former A's have said similar things. Chris Bassett, who's now pitching for the Toronto Blue Jays, ha- has said similar things about the A's owner. Uh, he's, he's, he's spot on. If you don't want to invest in, in your team, don't own a major league baseball team take it someplace else he is a non well i don't mean oh, the anthony i walked right into that my bad i don't mean take the team someplace else i mean take your money someplace else this is sacred ground here yeah I, when it comes to baseball is this the guy that owned the a's in the 90s too no okay i don't think so i could be i, I said no like i knew i, I don't know I highly doubt it. Because they were, like, that was a really good team. Yes. So, I don't Look at... The ownership should be better. No, that was not. That was Walter A. Haas, Jr. Who owned him in, like, 89. Ownership has to be better. I mean, you got to provide at least an adequate workspace for your your employees. Mm -hmm. And... You know, based on reports that I've read, like everything is skimped on. Oh, sure. And he's been there since 2005. Yeah. This is this is why, you know, Moneyball was created. Oh, well, it was out of necessity. Right. We can't spend. Now, they did have pitching, and that was the thing that was overlooked in the movie, blah, 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 blah. But the, the bottom line is they couldn't spend big to make it work. Certainly not to the level of uh, of what the Yankees were doing. 
So they, they went a different way, but they went a different way because they had to, because the ownership group was so cheap. Get into something else. Every owner should be allowed to make money. You own the team. But there does have to be some sort of, oh, I don't know, competitive spirit to all of this. There's got to be some kind of, oh, I don't know, hope. Right. <laughs> You're putting a minor league team on the field and calling, you know, slapping the A's on their chest. Yeah. Here we go. We're ready to, like, come on. Wonder, so Trevor May, well done. I'm I, glad somebody said it. I wonder what it's going to be like when that team moves to Vegas, how much he's going to change, if he's going to change. And I, Yeah, that's a, that, that last part that you just brought up, I wonder. I wonder if it's going to change at all. I probably. He'll probably do a Stan Kroenke. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but does he have Kroenke money, this guy? Like, Or is he barely an owner? Like, is he one of those guys that owns a team but barely owns it type thing to where it's like he spent every dime he had to buy the team? I don't know what his net worth is or what he does or anything yeah. like that. Like Kroenke, he sewered the team here, but he had more money than you know what. Right. He just chose not to spend it. Until he could get Until out to L.A. He, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Marsh. We talked about the Colts earlier in the show with the NFL stock market. Uh, unfortunately for the Colts and Anthony Richardson, he's most likely done for the year. Yes, Which that's stinks. That's a shame because he 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 was off to such a good start. Unfortunately, you could tell right from the first game though, and this was like you know this was a shoulder injury, an AC joint injury, but right from the first game when he was running, he was trying to make a play, and he was running in the end zone. He had like nine defenders in front of him, took a big shot, and had to come out. And then in the second game, I think he suffered a concussion early in the first half, and Gardner Minshew had to come in. You don't want. One of your young, uh, for him, I don't want him to have some injury-riddled career. Uh, for the NFL's sake and the Colts' sake, you don't want this this young, promising rookie to have all kinds of injury problems. So it's a shame. It winds up being a bust of a year for a rookie that, uh, at least through the first uh, parts of for the first couple of games, has showed a lot of promise. But now build around him. You know what you have. True. Or you think you know what you have. Do you think that his playing style will lead to more injuries? At this rate, yes. I don't know how it couldn't. You know, Jalen Hurts runs, but he protects himself. And a lot of those designed runs are actually better because you can you can see when the, the contact is about to come. Uh, Lamar, the last couple of times, have actually has actually been injured in the pocket. Not seeing defenders around his, his legs or, you know, thinking he can escape and he's got a defender barreling down on him. I actually think that happens more, but you don't. So to, to your to your question, Marsh, you don't want to be the, the quarterback that is looking for that contact constantly. Run out of the bounds, man. It's a long, it's a tough league and it's a long year. You don't have to always show it. If it's if it's the war if it's the, the Super Bowl, look what Patrick Mahomes did on a bad ankle. He he wasn't gonna come out. He he was gonna play. He was gonna play in the title game, he was gonna play in the champion in the Super Bowl. He that he, he was gonna do his, that's when you show your toughness, man. But week two. When you could go out of bounds and save yourself as opposed to going into a 250-pound linebacker, just go out of bounds, man. That's a rookie move, though. It is. You're right. All right, that's what's trending here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. We'll play Are You Sold next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. The 
It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, I'm Anthony Stalzer. Marsh, you got some Are You Soul questions for us today. I certainly do. We were talking about Aaron Nola earlier in the show. Uh, we also mentioned him yesterday about that eight-year deal that he denied before the season started. So are you sold on Aaron, Aaron Nola staying with the Phillies? I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm sold on it. I think he will stay with the Phillies. I think that this is a situation. What he said earlier today or yesterday about how he he was there in the lean years, you know, in the rebuilding years. Now you want to jet when your team is absolutely loaded for bear? I don't think so. And he grew up in that organization. Sometimes the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I'm I'm going to say yes. I am sold that he's going to go back to the Phillies. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It doesn't sound like a guy who wants out. You know, openly talking about it right now, which is a negotiation faux pas. Right. If you're a player, openly talking about how he'd like to stay with the Phillies. I think that's a, I think it's a done deal. I think what they do is they end up meeting somewhere around the six year mark Mm -hmm. and they pump up the AAV a little bit to keep him happy and sure. Everybody stays in the relationship together. I agree. Are you sold on Jake Neighbors being more than just a bottom six forward? I don't think he's a top six. I never did. Yeah. Never did. I said, I thought, I said, I thought <laughs> that he. Undebeatable. Uh, he projects to be at high end, you know, a, a top nine guy, like third line forward. Mm-hmm. He's got the ability. Like we're two, two games into the season here and Jake Neighbors he got hurt last year. He came back, had a good finish to his season. The fourth line is not his peak. And I know some people are getting impatient or they think that, oh boy, that's not the player we thought he was going to be. Like, give me a break. Pump the brakes a little bit here, guys. Yeah. One, Craig Berube and the Blues want to let him develop at a good pace. I'm just going to throw him into the deep end right away. But we just talked to Joey Vitale earlier, and he talked about how, look, there's going to be short leash on Alexi Torpchenko. I think you're going to get multiple people that get looks on that Braden Shen line. I think you're going to get Torpchenko. You'll get Neighbors. Sammy Blay might go there. Neighbors might go up to the the Hayes line. Like, who knows, right? So I, I think that Jake Neighbors is going to be uh, an NHL player for a very long time. I think that he might might crawl into a second line at some point but I believe his future is in the thir- on the third line mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that at all he'd make yeah. a very good living he'd be a hell of a player and he'll be a big part of the process here for the Blues sure I'm, I'm not I don't dispute that whatsoever so I'm with you Jamie are you sold on a Phillies Rangers World Series I mean I think you have to be right pump that into my veins baby I think you have to be the the way that those two teams are locked in right now you start off with okay one do they have the pitching yes on both sides uh, do 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 they have the bullpens well you kind of thought that the Phillies and more so the Rangers pen would be issues has not been at all do they have you know do they hit home runs consistently? I think the Phillies are about to tie the 2017 Houston Astros for number of home runs. But what happened in 2017 to give that team so many home runs? They had some help. Hmm. Yeah, they had some help. So the Phillies will do it in a legit way this time. (laughs) And then I think they'd be, or I think they they are four off from one of the Yankees World Series teams. So the Phillies are hitting home runs. The Rangers are are offensively sound. So yeah, I think you have to, you have to like it. Uh, Houston does not have this the 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 overall pitching this year that they have in the past. And we could talk about 
Yeah, you know, having Justin Verlander. Okay, great. They do. They do have Justin Verlander. After that, though, it's kind of suspect. And Arizona, boy, this has been a magical ride. It's just the match. It kind of came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. But, you know, it's time. It's time for you to go home now. Oh, wow. For game three and game four. Yeah, that's what I meant. Before mm. getting swept by the Phillies. <laughs> ah, ah, yeah. Think it's a sweep? Yeah. I do. Are you sold on the amount of media coverage that Connor Bedard is getting right now? Yeah, I don't like it, but I understand it, if that makes any sense. You've got a young superstar in the making, and your sport has done nothing but talk about him for the last year and a half to two years. And then he goes to a massive market, the Blackhawks, you know, just by chance, you know, because, you know, it was never rigged or anything. But he, look, um, I think Taylor Hall was, a, well, not, I think Taylor Hall was a first rounder of the Edmonton Oilers. He got a lot of press too, certainly playing in a Canadian city. But he was talking about it the other day to the media, and he's like, yeah, I think it's a little too much right now, but he's got a level head on his shoulders, and, you know, we're going to, get used to having this media coverage around and anyways i said it what a week ago where they better have people in place to protect the kid Mm -hmm. because if he goes on a couple of games where it's not going well and he's got 25 microphones in front of his face every single game the kid's a hockey player yes he's an ambassador to your sport and certainly an ambassador for the blackhawks right now to try and you know get that franchise back up on its feet but you still have to remember that this kid has to go out and perform and play, and you don't want to damage the kid so that two years down the road he's just burnt out from all of this craziness. Yeah. So I'm anxious to see how the Blackhawks handle that. It is a bit much right now, but the schedule lined up that way too. First game of the year plays against Sidney Crosby. Who's not tuning in? Who's not getting in this kid's face asking mm-hmm. him about it? Then a couple of games later he's playing. Well, then he plays the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. Then he's playing in Toronto. Yeah. All like, road games too. Chicago all road started games. off. So imagine the media craziness that was in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a lot for the young man right now. Um, I hope that the team steps in and gives him some breaks from time to time. Three days with nothing, you know, kind of hide yeah. him. Ah, he's got a little something he's icing down today. Right. You know? like, leave him alone. Yeah. We get one from the 314. If Nola stays with the Phillies, are you sold the Cardinals can fix the rotation enough to win in 2024? Uh, define win. I was just about <laughs> to say that. Define win. Do I think they can fix the rotation enough to win the the NL Central? Yeah, because the Brewers, I mean, we always say this at this time of year, but the Brewers do look like they're going backwards. The Reds are intriguing, but you got you got to prove it. And then you've got... Uh, well, the Cubs are good. Pirates are not. Yeah, I think you. I think you could fix it enough to to win the division. Beyond that, no. I don't think you're going to fix it enough to make some serious run. I mean, look what the Phillies have. Look what the Braves have. The Dodgers are going to. They have. They didn't spend a dime last year, comparatively speaking. You think they're going to sit on their hands this offseason after being bounced in the first round by the year by the Diamondbacks or the second round? I'm anxious to see if the Dodgers sign Otani yeah. just because. That was always the team I thought he'd go to. Yeah, but now even though he can't pitch for a year. Still. I, I, I think I think they're the team that'll do it. I do too. Are you sold that Mizzou can beat Georgia without Brock Bowers? So it's a huge loss for Georgia. That's their stud tight end. 
Am I sold that they can beat him without Brock Bowers? No, but I've been wrong about Mizzou all season thus far. So, and I'll gladly be wrong if they do go into the go into Athens and beat them between between the hedges. That'd be fantastic. I do. I am sold that they're going to give them a game. I think that's where we're at with Mizzou this year. I think they can move the ball. Cook has been fantastic with the explosive explosive plays. I worry about the speed, the overall speed defensively. I got fooled by the, the the early schedule with that defense. I thought they were fast and aggressive, and as soon as they played LSU, you're like, "Oh, they're not fast at all!" Holy smokes! The front is pretty good, but their linebacking core is is young right now, a little bit raw, and I think they can get faked by a lot of what LSU did. So, you know, I, I'm not sold to beat Georgia. I am sold to give them a game. Yeah, they're not going to beat Georgia. I don't care who's out of the lineup right now. But I'm more optimistic that it's not going to be a blowout or embarrassing. Mm -hmm. I do think that down the line, I do think they give Tennessee a heck of a game too. Yeah. So very, there's a lot to be very optimistic about with Mizzou. Beating Georgia is a bit of a reach, though. Are you sold that the Blues power play will be better than it was last season? Yes, I am. It has to be. Uh, not a great start in the first couple of games, but we're two games in. Uh, and in fairness to anybody who's doubting it, there's no reason to. <laughs> I, I have nothing to sell you because it, it, they haven't generated scoring chances. They haven't been good on zone entries. Their breakouts have been somewhat sloppy. But this team has to be better than they were last year on the power play. I, I, there's no way they're as bad as they were last year. All right, there you have it. Please. <laughs> Wait, please, please don't <laughs> All right, that was Are You Sold? We will give you the results of the Build Your Sleeper team. Did Marsh tie Jamie and I, or did Jamie and I take a, a lead? So we got that, plus biggest question of the day next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stolzer. All right, Marsh, you got the, the numbers for us? I certainly do, Anthony. <clears throat> What's this, the sleeper picks? Yeah. Huh. Yes. So Jamie attention. Jamie won the I'm first week. There's no point in me even paying attention to this. Boy, was I bad. Yeah. Jamie won the first week. I won last week. Did Marsh get on the board? Let's find out. Well, coming in third place, the man who will not be paying attention with 22.34 points, Jamie Rivers. My guys stayed asleep. They certainly did. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So his his picks. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, 6.84 points. Ah. Jonathan Taylor, 11.5. And Tutu Atwell with four. (laughs) Okay, so it's... (laughs) Better luck next time. Well, Jamie, in your defense, you did say as we opened the segment, I forgot about this. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I. And I quote, I forgot about this. I did. I totally forgot. And then I was like, yeah. You're going to be better this week. I know it. I feel it in my bones. I hope so. All right. So did Marsh. 
tie us with one win apiece. With 39.38 points compared to 35.72. was close. I have picked up my first victory All of right, the Marcy. year. All right, Marcy. Nice job, kid. Thank you. Did thank Dak you. put you over the top last Dak night? Dak Prescott, 24.88 nice. points. Amari DiMercato, 2.7. Jordan Addison, 11.8. Ah. And Anthony, you had Geno Smith with 10.92. Boy, another touchdown there, Geno. Mm. And, uh, and you win. And I win. Thanks, uh, Geno. Foreman had 7.7. And Zay Flowers actually picked up the majority of your points with 17.1. Makes sense. He found the end zone. So, All right, good stuff. So we're all not so up at So we're all not up at one. Yeah, we'll do this again on Friday. Perfect. Yeah, I'll be ready. Jamie will participate. This <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> I was coming off the heels of the first game yeah, of the season. Yeah, yeah. Get back a lot going here. on. Yeah, yeah. I forgot all my stuff. Remember? I do. It's all in my other bag. And I was, was that the day you were wearing the different headphones uh, too? Yes. Yeah. So Jamie was off his game. That we yeah. honestly, Marsh, we took advantage of Jamie. We did. You did. You guys should be. Yeah, we should yourselves. take advantage of Jamie. Yeah, I mean, He's a genius, of, though. Like yeah. It. His picks. His picks, though. No issues with the picks. Unfortunately. No, yeah, we need no, that. I got those in at the wire, too, last week. You have to stay on top of... Uh, oh, yeah, I had to text you. Yeah. Yeah, I looked uh, Thursday night. I was doing the Gridiron Gang. Uh, the Gr- Gridiron Gang. It's a movie. Gridiron Guys <laughs> podcast with, with Carrie, and I, I was verifying that we all got our picks in, and I saw Jamie did not. Mm. But you, you responded right away. Yeah, I, I got on there right away. Yeah. Figured it out. But Good yeah. man. Mm. All right, time for the biggest question of the day. For the fast lane's biggest question of the day. All right, guys, through two games, the Blues defense looks way better than it did last year. However, I wanted to ask you guys what is the biggest flaw that we've seen in their defensive scheme so far? So, something that we haven't really seen that has worked all too well, we're just nitpicking. Um, well, when you only give up two goals in two games, it's pretty hard to find flaw in what's going on. There, there, there have been a couple of turnovers that I haven't been thrilled about, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's the second game of the season, too. And uh, some of these teams, especially those two teams, Dallas Stars and the Seattle Kraken, they're fast. Like, they play a really fast brand of hockey. They get in hard on the forecheck. There's not a lot of time and space. Good goaltending. For the defenseman to make clean zone exits. Yes, the goaltending for both of those teams was excellent, too. Thank goodness Jordan Bennington was up to the task. Yeah. But, yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is I'm going to go back to Colton Pareko in a positive way. Is just, you know, how comfortable he's looked so far. And just, you can see that he's utilizing his tools to his advantage. You know, Craig Bruby always talks about him being able to skate his way out of trouble, make good, clean zone exit passes, join the attack on the offensive side if it's there, using the reach that he has and, and closing plays out. We have seen all of that in the first two games. You know, Last year, not a great year for the, the Blues defensive core overall, but you know, a lot of the lightning got fired at Colton Pareko, and I think it was, it was, you know, merited. He did not play well, but at the end of the day, still, it was a group effort. But what I've seen so far this year is a guy that looks a lot more confident, a lot more assertive, and 
You know, in year in the last year, I've I've noticed that when Colton Pareko struggles the most is when he is hesitant, and that's on both that's both with and without the puck. You'll see at times where Colton maybe has held on to the puck too long in the past, waiting for a play to develop, and mm. waiting and waiting and waiting, and then the play doesn't develop. Now he either turns the puck over or makes a bad play. It's kind of like a young quarterback that is just waiting for his receiver to work his to way open, open sure. and it just doesn't happen. And then, oh boy, then the world is crashing down on you. Yeah. So I think that he's approved that. He's making quicker plays, and when the play isn't there right away, he's skating. He's moving his feet. There's three times the last game where he skated the puck out of the zone while being pressured. The guy couldn't catch him. Skated up over the blue line, made a play, got up to the far blue line, then peeled back, played defense. Nice. So, in a positive way, both him and Nick Letty have looked very good. And honestly, we have to praise the defensive core overall because they've only given up two goals. I know a lot of that is Jordan Bennington, but Jordan Bennington is making the saves because you're not allowing the second and third opportunities. I don't even know, like... When you're thinking about rebounds and goal-scoring chances, I don't even remember any of the big threatening ones in the last two games. We've seen yeah. a couple of really good scoring opportunities that have been shut down. But remember last year? Be a shot, been to make a rebound, and then there was mm-hmm. another shot, and then the pass across the crease, backdoor tap-in, nothing the goalie can do. He's out there doing the starfish in the crease just trying to keep the puck out of the net, but he's unable to because... I mean, he can only do so much. Mm. You know, knock on wood, we haven't seen that so far. So I think there's a, a tremendous amount of praise that needs to go to not just the decor, but the entire team overall by playing tighter defensively. We get a question. Oh, it's not really a question. It's a, uh, a statement based off of the question. Uh, the Blues are allowing too many shots on goal, especially in the first half of the game. Now, does that really matter if those shots are coming from the outside? Uh, no, not really. I mean, if you can keep the puck out of the middle of the ice, that's a goaltender's dream is a shot from the blue line, a shot from the wall, something like that, mm-hmm. non-dangerous area. The goalie can get square to the puck, handle the rebound. Don't worry too much about guys driving to the front of the net. So I, I think it's, yes, I think that a lot of the, the shots, the volume has been fine based on the fact that they're, you know, they're not always tough scoring opportunities. There you have it. That's your biggest question of the day here in the Fast Lane on 101 at ESPN. We have what you miss, criticisms, compliments next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hey, don't forget the fast lane. That's us. We'll be broadcasting live this Friday from 2 to 6 at River City Casino Hotel and Hotel. As later uh, that evening, the inaugural Blues Warriors Awards Gala will be taking place. You can enjoy an evening of dinner, drinks, awards, a live auction, and more with our guy Jamie Rivers and Chris Kerber, along with former Blues Reed Lowe, Cam Jansen, Tony Twist, and much more. Tickets for the Blues Warriors Awards Gala are now on sale supporting Blues Warrior Hockey, and you can get all the ticket details at 101ESPN.com. Speaking of 101ESPN.com, you can check out our podcast from today's show. If you missed anything, we got it, We got you covered. Again, go to 101ESPN.com. You can download the podcast via the 101ESPN mobile app. It's all free. And that's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Marsh, 
Yes. What do we got for criticisms and compliments? Let's start off with the 314. We had some mic drops today, and we played those earlier in the show. From the 314, that's why you guys are great. We can interact with the show in several forms. You're darn right. Yeah. You could text us. You can uh, mic drop us. Mm. You could tweet us. You, you can, can chat us. You can chat us. You can Instacart us. Uh-huh. You can, uh, hell, you can send us mail if you want. You can. It does get here. Yeah. Yeah, the Tyler O'Wheel was sent to us. <laughs> Tyler O'Wheel is on the IR. Shocker. <laughs> Tyler O'Wheel. <laughs> I get it because it's broken down. Yep. Quickly, ah, too. Quickly. It was great. What it was it? Two days? Two days? Yeah. It looks great, but it's, it's not functional. Yeah, it looks fantastic, and yep. we do appreciate it. Absolutely. But, uh, we we got to get maintenance on it. It's on the 10-day IL. Yeah, figure it out. It'll eventually be... Uh, It'll be back. It'll come back for like two days day and then go back again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, speaking of the uh, Tyler O'Wheel and the gauntlet from the 636, I have a criticism. Anthony, quit saying the Anthony Stalter in the gauntlet. Oh, my God. I, I didn't. <laughs> I stopped like like months ago. I only did that for a couple of times after I got, I got criticized for saying myself instead of me. Maybe they were listening to a podcast. <laughs> An old podcast. <laughs> I, I don't say it anymore. You should. Okay. I want you to refer your, to yourself third person all I always the time. love this. Like, <laughs> Anthony, you screwed up this word. Say this instead. Stop saying that now. <laughs> say a different one. Okay. I just want to make everybody happy. You know, that's why you're I'm a, here. You're a pleaser, Andy. I'm a pleaser. I'm you a people person. Love to please. I certainly do, Jamie. I know it, too. Hell, First you know. Yes. Marsh, you were there. Good guy. Let's just look at the tape. Jamie Rivers or me today. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I said me. Thank you, Marsh. I was confused. Was, I didn't know what the hell we were doing for a second. That was one of the first times I feel like audio. Mm-hmm. And Marsh using said audio helped me. Absolutely. Usually Marshy, oh, I don't know, places you underneath the bus with audio. Yeah. Yeah. And then just backs over you slowly. That's correct. <laughs> he likes to use some Janet drops. And, one in particular. Or he that, mixes things together that we didn't really say in that context. Uh-huh. It's like his own little version of AI. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. By the way, we got a text earlier. Actually, it wasn't even a text. It was a uh, a tweet. Speaking of, you can tweet us. Yeah, I think it was Swan, wasn't it? No, it was Steve. Oh, it was Steve. Steve My said bad. something about uh, perhaps the cards should have AI power the front office. Yeah, and he he attributed that that feeling to you, Jamie. Mm-hmm. He said, "Rivers, you're a genius. I've got the solution. The Cardinals front office needs help with all this analytic BS." So STL will be the first to have an AI-powered front office. Brilliant. I mean, can't get worse. I don't know if I like that. You don't know till you've tried it, Marshy. I don't like Wouldn't AI. Wouldn't that be more analytical? We want less It's not really analytics, analytics though. It's it's artificial intelligence. Hmm. It's not... But, uh, yeah. yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Analytics like, could the AI, AI dive into analytics? Absolutely. Do anything. Do it. Yeah, it really can. Yeah. Scary. Scary. That's really <laughs> scary. <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. Yeah, no, thank you. Yep. 
From the 314, I've gotten so used to texting in my thoughts while listening that I get mad when I'm listening to other shows and can't text them. Oh, uh, you can text them, right? Or are you just talking about like other shows? I think on, just other shows. Not just on one on ESPN, yeah. but maybe like if you're watching a show at night. Yeah. Like I can't text these people. We're here for you. Yeah. Like if you're watching a sports show during the day on TV, you can't text them. No. Fire no. off all the texts you want. Yeah. Three one four three nine 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 six four six. We're here for you. Guys, we mentioned Dylan earlier in the show, who is the gentleman that unfortunately Snapped was in a his... bad knocker ball accident. Yeah. Knocked his, his leg. Knocked his foot right out of the socket, unfortunately. Yeah. So Poor he, Dylan. He did text us. He says, I'm back at work for a couple of months now, not playing softball again yet. Uh, that will be in the spring, but I'm doing well. Feels almost normal again. If we do have the home run derby next year, I want Dylan to be out there with us. You know? I don't great. know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying in <laughs> in said knocker yeah. ball, knocking his balls together yeah. with somebody else. We'll have, yeah. we'll have him but we'll have him swing. Out of said knocker ball and just with us. Yeah, but what if he like re aggravates his He'll be fine. I worry. This is what would happen. He would go up. Anthony would say, hey, why don't you go take a couple swings for us? And as he's getting up there, Anthony says, break a leg. Oh, I wouldn't say that. You don't think so? It's more of a Jamie thing. That is. Jamie would yeah. say something. What did I do? Yeah, you know what you did. Ah, it's tough. What you shouldn't do. Uh, Anthony, you Definitely. took the uh, the punishment today right in the lower back. Yeah, right it. in the lower back. Uh, Dan from the Air Comfort Service uh, YouTube page says, how's the back, Stalter? Uh, you know, it, it's fine now. Oh, the Air, Air Alliance. Air Alliance. Air Alliance. Team. YouTube page. YouTube team. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah it, <laughs> it stung there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Via the Air Alliance team. You could see it. Yep. It's in uh, the air. But it's, it's good now. Yeah. Jamie apparently was, was aiming lower. <sighs> I was. Which is frightening, honestly, because... Uh, you probably would have gave me a headshot there. I felt like a Cardinals pitcher. I couldn't locate properly. <laughs> that makes sense. Ah. Uh, damn Wilson Contreras behind the dish. <laughs> it is his fault. <laughs> set up properly. How dare he ask for low in the zone? Yeah. I'm going high, baby. How dare he set in low, <laughs> yeah. low and inside? Yeah, and you cut. throw center cut with heat. Man, no spin. Uh, speaking of the Air Alliance team YouTube page, the six three six says YouTube has been a game changer. For the punishment. I, I kind of like that because you could just look we, like we did today. Camera, exactly. boom. It's over with. We don't have to wait for Jackson to send videos. So BT still has to take his, though. Yeah. See, BT has an airsoft gun. Yeah, all we have to do is give it to Dylan or Andrea. I think Andrea wonderful would be wife more than happy absolutely. to do that. And she can, she can wait. And just do it uh, when she feels he needs one. I think that we just contact her ourselves sure. and say, hey, look, BT's going to be on. Mm -hmm. Just sneak up behind him and shoot him twice. Twice. BT will love it. Absolutely. Uh, we get a text from the 618. I would text more if I wasn't referred to as the 618. You are not referred to the 618. No, you're that not. That is a one singular person on the text line. Yeah. 
<laughs> so this person, so this is not the 618. No, it's just a 618 number. Oh, no. I didn't realize that. So this person thinks that because he yeah. or she has the the 618 area code, yeah. that we're saying all 618 is the 618. Yeah. Oh, no. No. We would never do that. No, this is one person. And the name in the text line, because we can, we can, you know, we can come up with names and stuff. Some people yeah. say, "Hey, I want to be called this." Okay, uh, <laughs> but we don't ever give you what hate. you want. Usually, I've never. Yeah, you have to earn true. your name yeah. for sure. Yep, one way or another. Yeah, uh, sometimes you you recommend a name, and sometimes you know we just we choose we just one, choose for, one you, for you based on your attitude. Yeah, yeah. your interactions. Your attitude the and your interactions. your interactions. Oh yeah. Yep. All right, last one here. We were talking about the A's owner, and we were bashing him a lot. Uh, from the 918, quit bashing the guy that traded you a possum. That's true. That's yeah. true. Although we never got that possum. We never did. He probably didn't pay for the shipping. No. It's probably like, what is that, COD? We've got to pay it when we get to Yeah, it. right, exactly. <laughs> I don't think so. Cash on delivery? Yeah. What's his name? John Fisher? You, you try to pull one, pull a fast one on us, huh? I don't think so. Fool not me once. For Shame on you. You know what they yeah. say. Yeah. Fool me, can't get fooled again. Fool, fool me twice, can't get fooled. All right, that'll do it for us. See ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.